Okay, just help them. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. It's showtime. Welcome to this episode of the Movie Clinic Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sherry, and this is my husband, David. On this episode, we cover the movie Beetlejuice from 1988. And I guess we'll do our histories. Uh, yeah, if you you can go first if you want. This is just a favorite of mine from my childhood. You know, first saw it on VHS and watched it a lot. Oh, really? You didn't ever see us in the theater? No. Huh? Huh. I didn't. We didn't go to the theater a lot. Yeah, I just wasn't sure. I, I could have sworn you said you seen this in the theater Mm-mm. one time. Maybe I'm thinking I of something think so. else. I don't have any memories. Now, as far as this movie, did you watch? I know there was like an animated cartoon. Did mm-hmm. you ever watch it? I don't remember. You don't, you don't remember watching? Okay. So that's basically your history, just yeah, watching just it. From my childhood. Just a childhood favorite. 
Well, I guess uh, my quick history on this is I seen this in the theater when it was out. I remember a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to go with him. I think he was actually paying, so it was even better. I was like, okay, you know, I mean, why not? The one thing I remember about this movie is it was pretty well packed in that theater when we went that weekend. I can't remember exactly when we went that weekend, but I remember it was pretty packed and everybody seemed to enjoy it. And, I mean, it's a movie I've watched here and there over the years. It's not been a regular viewing thing for me, but it's, it's been one that I've revisited here and there. I mean, it's like a, it's something I'll get into in my review as far as why I don't re- revisit it that much. But that's pretty much a, where I stand on it for right now. But I'll let my other thoughts be known later on down the line. Okay. But uh, I guess with that, uh, we'll drop the trailer in here and then come back with the cast and crew and the plot synopsis. Adam and Barbara are recently deceased. They were happy to haunt in peace until the new residents moved in. To rid themselves of these pesky pests, they call on the ghost world's leading bioexorcist. It's showtime. Attention, Kmart shoppers. You want somebody out of the house? I want to get somebody out here. (laughs) But I want out. For good. You two have really screwed up. I want Beetlejuice out of the picture. You guys really are dead. Nightshades promise spirits dry to the living. I won't do two shows a night anymore, babe. I won't. Let's see here. Beetlejuice, 1988. I guess uh, we're going to start out here with uh, director Tim Burton. And he directed films such as Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Edward Scissorhands, Mars Attacks, Corpse Bride, and of course, uh, Batman. And you said you haven't seen that many of his movies. No. I've seen a lot of, like, the little cartoon ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, he didn't always direct those, but... Now, these that I just named, you... I know you said you've seen Edward Scissorhands, but... And yes, Corpse Bride. But... A long time ago, I've seen Corpse Bride, Frank and Weenie. But not that, not, not that many. I can't say that I'm really a fan of Tim Burton. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I was going to get into that myself. Yeah. But, okay. <laughs> anyway, and we're going to move on to the main cast here. And, of course, we're going to go next with the man whose uh, character's name is in the title, and that's uh, Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. And he's been in such films as Night Shift, One Good Cop, Pacific Heights, and, of course, he played uh, Bruce Wayne in Batman and Tim Burton's Batman. And he also did this one movie I thought was really good. I think it's called Clean and Sober, where it came out around the time Beetlejuice and Batman did, and it was like where he's like this uh, recovering kind of alcoholic drug addict that's a very good movie but i remember you introduced me i think it was something that i had never really seen before working stiffs that's so funny a a sitcom him and jim belushi Belushi, right yeah Yeah. i thought that was really good that was something i enjoyed that he did as well but that was very short-lived next we go to gina davis as barbara 
and she's been in such films as Tootsie, The Fly, Thelma and Louise, Cutthroat Island, and A League of Their Own. And of course, uh, one of my favorites, Earth Girls Are Easy. Mm. And the next one, yeah, we got a little piggy that's whining already. That's not a good sign for this episode, so don't be too <laughs> shocked if you don't start hearing a lot of that. But uh, next we move to Alec Baldwin as Adam. And he's appeared in such films as Hunt for Red October, Miami Blues, Talk Radio, The Departed, and Glengarry Glen Ross. I always forget he's in this movie for some reason. Really? Every time I watch this movie, he pops up. I'm like, oh, that's Alec Baldwin. This is unlike his usual characters. Yeah. Now, (laughs) yeah. And now the thing about it is, is to go into a little bit about this, Alec Baldwin hates his performance in this movie. I think it's that he's more like on the nerdier side in this and Alec Baldwin's generally not like that. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I just know I've I've seen him say that a few times. He says the movie's good. He just don't think he's good in it. Well, I mean, this character is only as broad as it is, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But next, uh, we move to Catherine O'Hara as Delia. And she's been in such films as After Hours, Dick Tracy, Home Alone 1 and 2. Wyatt mm-hmm. Earp and Waiting for Guffman. And she was one of my favorites on the TV show. I watched the uh, SCTV with her, Rick Moranis, and John Candy, and all them. That's like one of my favorite shows I watched when I was a kid. And uh, then we moved to uh, Jeffrey Jones as Charles. And he's been in such films as Amadeus, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Howard the Duck, House Guest. In the movie called The Pest. And I think uh, finally I have Winona Ryder as Lydia. And she's been in such films as Lucas, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Edward Scissorhands, Heathers, and Little Women. Now, do you have anybody that you want to go with here? No. Okay, well, no, wait a minute. I have one more I actually want to talk about, and I totally forgot about him. And I don't know why I did. Because he's like one of my favorites in this movie. Uh, Glenn Shaddix as Otho. 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 Now, he's been in such films as Heathers, Sunset, Meet the Applegates, Demolition Man, and Dustin Checks In. I didn't know he fell and hit his head and it killed him. I never heard how he passed away, but I did Yeah, he fell off a ladder. Yeah, I'd seen he passed away in 2010, but I didn't know how he passed away. Yeah, he fell off a ladder and had a head injury. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Mm Mm-hmm. I could have sworn I heard he had a heart attack. Or I was something. reading that earlier. Oh, wow. No. This is, says decent, uh, he died September 7th, 2010 in Birmingham, Alabama. Head injury from fall. Because he's like one of my favorite things mm-hmm. in this movie. <laughs> and Well, I mean, any movie I've seen him in, he was very good in it. I think this is the first thing I've seen him in. Yeah, I wasn't aware that he died. Yeah, that's that's horrible. Like, mm-hmm. a, just, I guess, a, Fell fr- off a ladder. fractured skull, I guess. Is there anything, anybody else that you want to mention? Anything like no. that? I mean, I know uh, Winona Ryder, she won, for example. I mean, she's got like a laundry yeah. list of credits, and I barely scratched the surface on I her. I think one of my f- favorite movies that she did was Girl Interrupted, Angelina Jolie. God, I haven't seen that in like I love forever. That movie. I don't know. I always enjoyed like Heather's. I always thought she was great in I that movie. I need to watch that. You've never seen I've Heather's? I've never seen it. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're going to have to remedy that. That's a very good movie. It's a movie you could not make now. I love Reality Bites, too. Because that was your typical 90s that movie. Yeah, that movie oozed 90s, 90s out of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't even know if I could even watch that now I because like that it movie. would be like, ugh, you know, the nineties is a time I kind of want to I like forget. That movie. I don't mean I can't remember if I liked it or not. I haven't seen it so long. But, Ethan Hawke and yeah, uh, that would have Ben Stiller, her boyfriend. Yeah, that she started dating that she wasn't anything like. Yeah, I mean, I just have to admit, I don't remember a lot about that movie. I haven't seen it so long. I don't remember disliking it. I just haven't seen it in a long time. I guess uh, if you ain't got any more on the cast, I guess we can go ahead and jump into the movie, and I'll pass it on to you to get okay. it started. Beetlejuice from 1988. We start out with the camera kind of moving through, like, the hillside, and there's a small Connecticut town. Yeah, I believe this town's called Winter River. Rent- Winter River, yeah. right. Yeah. As we start moving through the town, it's almost like the appearance is changing to a model. And you'll get that as we go on. Mm-hmm. We stop on the model of a two-story, or it's really a three-story house up on a hill. Yeah. This is where you really see that this is a model. Yeah, Because yeah. a spider climbs over the model. Yeah, I know. You almost think this is going to be a, like a bug attack movie yeah. here for a second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a hand that reaches out and picks the spider up. And this is one of our main characters, Adam. Yeah, this is, uh, we're in the attic here with uh, Barbara and Adam. Yeah. And he, I guess this right here gives you an indication of what he's like right away. He doesn't kill the spider. He just takes it over to the window. Yeah, there's no way I would have touched that spider. Uh, Yeah, Mm, yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's pretty sizable. He takes it and throws it out the open window. Yeah. Or puts it on the thing and lets it climb. Yeah. Barbara comes in and gives him a present. She tells him, happy vacation, honey. I'm like, they give each other presents for vacation? Yeah, apparently so, because yeah, in this uh, thing here, they basically exchange gifts for for vacation. vacation. Kind of tell that these two are just I don't know, would you say that they're kind of newlyweds or that they've been married? They act like they are newlyweds. They like act like they actually like each other still. Yeah, there there seems to be no issues as far as their marriage. They seem like they love each other very much. They seem very simple couple in the country life. And I think that's what it is. They just live somewhere out out of the way and they're kind of homebodies and they Mm -hmm. just live in this quiet little town. So she gave him Manchurian Tungle. Yeah, I looked this up, and it's it's like a fern troll that he uses on his paint his model, like yeah. when he paints the little houses mm-hmm. and stuff. She get he gives her wallpaper to finish the dining room or something. He said, "Yeah, um, I, I take it they're both kind of people who love yeah. to do work projects. on projects." Or, yeah. yeah, and I didn't know like with that lady coming in, like I didn't know how long they'd been there. This is where it shows. Like, she starts to walk away. Adam grabs her and pulls her down on the couch and kisses yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the phone starts ringing, and she tries to get up, and he pulls her back down and kisses her. So yeah, yeah. they're kind of romantic yeah, yeah. with each other. And then he's going to get up, and she pulls him back down. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a little game they play, I guess. But the phone's still ringing, but then they hear a car honking outside. Yes, okay. And that's where they go and look out the window. This is that woman, Jane. Um, she t- says later on she's family to him, but I don't know. Is she her sister? or She says she's li- they were like family. Oh, like family. Like family. Barbara seems kind of annoyed that she's there. Yeah. Like, yeah. And Adam tells her it's her turn. So I guess they, they take turns dealing with Jane. But really what we find out the gist as far as her, she's concerned, 
is it's almost like she's trying to sell their house for them. She immediately comes in the house when they go downstairs. Barbara lets her in the house, and she immediately says that that she's had an offer for their house for two hundred sixty thousand dollars from yeah. this man in New York. Yeah, just by seeing a picture of the house. And Barbara's like, it's six thirty in the morning, and quit giving my photos of my house to people. Like she's she's literally trying to sell it out from under them. You yeah, know? and it's almost like you know she's sitting there saying this is just too big of a house for you yeah. two. And I'm just like, why? Well, you know. Well, I kind of felt like when she said that, she said it's too small for just you two people. Yeah. It needs to be with a family. Yeah. And. The way her face, Barbara's face, I wondered if they couldn't, that they're struggling to have kids. Fertility. Well, that's here. what I was kind of mentioned. I think, uh, yeah, maybe she, they're having a problem conceiving a child. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can tell Jane sees that she kind of touched yeah. a nerve and Put she just kind of backs off. Yeah. Barbara kind of ushers her out. Yeah. And says so she'll see her later. Yeah, that they're on vacation. You mm-hmm. know, that's her vacation time. Adam is kind of, you know, still piddling around with his work, and he asks Barb if she wants to, needs to go down to the store with him. He needs to get something for, paint. yeah, some paint for one of yeah. his models. Oh, he says he needs a new brush for br- one of his little models. Yeah, yeah. So they head out, get in the car, and head to town. Yeah, and they're kind of talking about Jane's offer a little bit, and they just seem like, now we just aren't interested in that, you know. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're good where they're at. I think he does mention there that, like, if they want to try again on their vacation for a baby. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, I just got the, have, I just got the feeling that they were trying to have kids and they weren't, hadn't yeah. gotten pregnant yet. Yeah. And this is the first time we see a little dog roaming around as we yep. pull into town. Mm-hmm. And uh, that dog will come into play here in a little bit. Yeah, he just kind of walks around town. Of course, it's a really small town. Yeah, this is, like, a very small town. And then we uh, are outside May. Maitland's, uh, the Maitland shop. This is their last name. They're the Barbara and Adam Maitland. They own this shop? Yeah. That's a, you see them walk in the store, just unlock it and walk in. Oh, and, I didn't yeah. even pay attention yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was talking to the old man sitting in the chair and I was... I'm getting to the rambling old man now. And you got a rambling <laughs> old man out there just like blah, 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 yeah. just He's talking. He's like the, the barber of the town. Yeah. You know, Adam goes in and he uh, gets his stuff and I think he checks something in the register and stuff like that. And then he comes back out, and that old man is still rambling. That makes so much sense now. Because I thought when he went in, I thought somebody would just put that there for him to hold it for no, him. No, 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 that's her shop. I guess, you know, like I said. I didn't, yeah. Yeah. didn't catch that. And uh, then they, they, they leave. Leave the old man still rambling. <laughs> and then they uh, are going through town, and they are, are driving and then that dog comes out in front of them again just as they're about to go to a bridge. They're about to cross over that winter river bridge yeah which is not a huge bridge no but no. that they swerve to miss that dog and they go through the side of the bridge yeah they basically crash into the bridge of madison county here <laughs> and then they're hanging off the side of it yeah they're like there's a board holding their car and the little dog sitting on the board on the end of the board yeah and they're just like, dog, don't move, don't move. He just and then, jumps And then what does dog do? He does like most uh, animals do. He jumps off. And they fall. And their car crashes into the water. You know, we cut to time later. We're back at the Maitland's home. And they come walking into the house. And they're soaking wet. And they're soaking wet. They walk over and, you know, there's already a fire built. And they say, that's weird. We don't remember having mm-hmm. a fire built. 
Barbara mentions that her arm hurts like it's frozen. Now, that's a remnant from the original script of this movie where yeah. their car crash was a little more horrifying because oh. her arm is crushed in the car accident. Oh, okay. But you don't see it in this movie. Yeah. That's why that was mentioned. Then they're kind of warming themselves by the fire. Her fingers kind of almost like they pop on fire. Yeah. And she's and then she like shakes them out like, whoa, what happened here? And they, they seem like they're... Confused. confused. What's they're, going on? Yeah, and, they're confused, but like, how did we get back here? Yeah, Adam's like, how how did they get back after the accident? And he said he's going to go back and retrace their steps from the bridge. Yeah, because he can't figure out how they got home. It's almost He almost feels like they were in a crash, and then they just end up back home, yeah. and there's no in-between. Yeah. And then uh, Adam steps outside. It's almost like he's transported to this kind of desert kind of wasteland later beetlejuice says it's saturn okay yeah, that's right i forgot about that i yeah. meant to write that down but yeah and he's standing around out there and then he notices something not moving around underground out there mm. and, I was like, Look, and you don't i don't think you really see what it is right away it's, it's got a fin like a shark yeah, yeah just about that time a hand reaches out and pulls him back into the house yeah and barbara tells him she he's been gone for two hours yeah and he's barely been out there yeah. probably 30 seconds according to us but yeah. yeah he's been out there two hours and then barbara grabs and says wait come here and look she pulls him over to a mirror and they got no reflection so we know what that means they're vampires <laughs> that's what yeah. i was thinking yeah they're vampires then she shows him look i found this too and it's a book it's a handbook for yeah. the recently deceased. Yeah, the handbook of the recently deceased. So if you ever see that, you're dead. Yeah, you're dead, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we cut to a scene where Adam is like laying on the bed, you know, kind of just reading his book, and he can't make any sense out of it. Before that, did you, did you see that funny part where he reads the title of the book and he says, Handbook for the recently diseased. Diseased, and, yeah. And she says... Deceased. Deceased. Yeah, deceased. And then she's like, I don't think we survived the accident. Yeah, yeah. I think she's finally realizing that they're not alive. Yeah. And that's what I said. I mean, he can't... Adams is trying to read this book and he can't yeah. make any sense out of it. Yeah. She's pacing back and forth, yeah. you know, asking questions. She wants to know... Are they stuck between heaven and hell? I mean, where did he go when he went outside? Yeah. yeah. Are they like in a purgatory? This is something? how I would be if I was dead. I'd be asking everybody questions and annoying the crap Well, out. I would probably be the same way, uh, <laughs> even if I had a handbook. And then we cut to the scene, and we don't see his face right away, but this is a scene of uh, Beetlejuice. He's kind of sitting in like a, a chair. Yeah, reading the newspaper. Uh, called the Afterlife Press. <laughs> And he sees uh, the pics of, you know, of the, who's died recently. And then he sees the Maitland's picture. He says, oh, well, they look very stupid. He said, they, they're, they're a cute couple. They look nice and stupid. They're nice and stupid. <laughs> so, okay, you kind of see where he stands here. <laughs> and then we go back to um, Barbara and uh, Adam there. I guess they're up in the attic again. And uh, Barbara's like dusting and everything yeah. else, like still clean the house, even though you're it dead. It seems like maybe some time has passed because everything's covered in dust. Yeah, everything's. That lady says later on how long it's been. Because yeah. I wondered, but she says it when they go see that woman. Yeah. She says it's been two months. You know, I think Adam even says something like, well, maybe this is heaven. And she's like, well, if it was heaven, there wouldn't be so much dust, dust everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. And then by the time I hear a car pull up outside. 
And they uh, look outside, and there's Jane pulls up. And she just kind of stands there, and is just kind of looking around. And then they're calling out to her from the window up in the attic. Were they dressed in funeral clothes? I almost was wondering if it was just funeral clothes or if they came back from church, church or, or something. something. I wasn't sure. But there, uh, Adam and Barbara are calling out to her, and it's like, she can't hear. It says that's number rule, that's number, that's rule number two in the handbook, that the living can't see the dead. You see Jane pulling out of the driveway. Yeah. And it shows a for sale side. Yep. Because so, you know she's all over that. Yeah. So it calls the Maitland's house is now officially uh, for sale. And it says at the top it's already been sold. It's already been sold. That's right. Yeah. Because she knew. That's kind of quick because, I mean, you have to go through probate and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah. A little bit quick. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a 90-minute movie. We got to get things <laughs> gotta moving. Get moving. Yeah. We got to get moving. We ain't got time for all this fancy stuff. <laughs> Like probate court version of Beetlejuice. <laughs> so, yeah, we got to get the show on the road. So, and then we cut to Adam and Barbara. I guess apparently ghosts need sleep because they're, they're in bed. Why are they asleep? Barb is like levitating. <laughs> she's off totally not on the bed. Yeah, she's like levitating. And I get, or either he's a bed hog and she had to There's like. You know, Barb falls as they start hearing this commotion downstairs couple comes in with a moving company sliding in furniture and stuff this is uh, delia and um, charles Dietz. Dietz. and they arrive in, yes. in all their glory here delia acts like she doesn't like the house already yeah she automatically doesn't like it as soon as she walks in the door charles is like in love with the house yeah he's very thrilled to be there she's dressed in all black her hair's kind of fancy so yeah. she just looks like she doesn't belong in the country she looks like euro trash but <laughs> she's not euro trash like basically. the artistic kind of yeah exactly yuppies yeah exactly mm-hmm. and then uh, they're followed in by lydia who is their daughter who is uh pretty much uh, just a goth girl she's basically. a little goth girl and she walks in and looks around and sees a spider web with a spider in it she says i love it yeah, yeah. She, i mean charles is like do you think you could live here yeah. And she says, Delia hates it. Yeah. I could live here. Yeah, I love it. Delia is her stepmother. Yeah, we find out that Delia is yeah, stepmother. Yeah, they don't, I guess, get along. And uh, some movers uh, start to bring <clears> in <throat> stuff, and they move bring in one of Delia's sculptures, and she's just kind of giving him this whole nine, yard, you know, whole nine yards of spiel about, you know, her sculptures and everything. Yeah, and this uh, um, mover is not impressed, and he just drops it and goes back to his own business. You know, he's like, whatever, I don't, you know. Charles is rocking in a rocking chair. Yeah. And he says it's been only 10 minutes. He's already at ease. Even though he seems like a really anxious person. Like I always kind of felt like this is why he wanted to move to the country. Because he yeah. stayed stressed out uh, in the city. Yeah. So He wants some quiet and peace. Yeah. And he's sitting there in a rocking chair, like you're saying, feeling peace. And then about that time, somebody's coming in through the window. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. This is Otho. Yeah. Otho is like coming in through the window. And they're always like, why are you coming in through the window? He says, it's bad luck to come through the door. I've never heard I've that. I've never heard that. I've never heard that. He seems to be like the interior designer. That's my decorator. best guess. Yeah. He's like a, somehow they got a live-in interior decorator. Yeah. Because he keeps making comments about how much he's going to have to do to the house yeah and charles is not really interested in changing the house because he likes the country look of it 
Yeah, that's what he, he wants. Yeah, that's what he wants. And I guess what's the point if you move into a place like that if you're not going to have it the way you want it to begin with? Barbara and Adam are just standing to the side watching all this go on. Yeah. And they're they're getting distressed that these people are in their house and they're talking about switching the house all around and repainting. Yeah. They're spraying the walls with paint that they want whatever color for whatever room. Yeah, they have spray cans where they're just like spraying a wall like this color, that color. Yeah. Or even talk about maybe knocking down this wall. Yeah. And this kind of stuff. Just doing a full-on remodel. These two characters, I mean, you can just see that they are just kind of very abrasive. To me, I don't know that I could be in a room with these kinds of people very long. Like, especially him. He acts like he knows... What's better than anybody else? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. He's very high. And she himself. acts like just with him giving her any kind of praise, she's just as well off as him. Yeah, yeah. You know? Barbara and Adam just kind of feel helpless in this a little bit, but they do know they have one advantage, that they're ghosts. That they're ghosts. That they're ghosts. So maybe they might be able to do something about this little mm-hmm. intrusion of their house. Otho and uh, Delia are going around. They they walk into another room. I can't remember which room this is, but there's like a closet. They open up the closet, and Barbara is hanging in the closet. <laughs> and she pulls her face off, and her eyeballs basically fall out. <laughs> and they're like, ugh. But they don't seem to see her. They're not reacting to They're her. reacting to the size of the closet. Yeah, because basically Delia moves the clothes and Barbara aside <laughs> without even seeing her. Like, you know, she's just part of the clothes and they don't even notice her. Yeah, and it, she's just like enamored with the size of the closet, I think is what it is. Uh, ortho. Otho. Yeah, Otho. Otho. I always want to put an R in it. Yeah. Otho, he grabs up their wedding clothes. And asks what, who's... This is uh, Ozzie and Harriet. <laughs> yeah, it says who they belong to, the previous tenants. Yeah. And, you know, finds out that's when they, you know, they, they know that they passed away. Yeah, they drowned. Keep these wedding clothes in mind because they do appear later in yep. the film. And then they um, move through the house and they open a door and they're in like an office area. And Adam's body is on the floor with no head. And Barbara's standing there with a knife and holding Adam's head <laughs> in her hand. And they do not notice this either. And Charles just jumps out and does a boo scare yeah. of Otho and Delia. He's trying to stop them. He's like, just leave this room alone. Yeah. Like, I want this to be my room and don't do anything to yeah. it. All the time they're arguing about this room, Barbara and Adam are just in the background. Yeah, yeah. And they just realize, they just like... don't know they're there. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're like, you know, basically they're like, this isn't working. This isn't working. And then Charles just like, please don't touch this room. Do whatever you want to the other rooms, whatever. And Delia basically has a, a fit here. A mild tizzy fit. She does the typical hysterical woman. Yeah. She's like, I, I wasn't going to say that because that made me sound like a male chauvinist pig. But, <laughs> she goes, um... She'll live with him in that house, but he has to let her express herself. Because or I'll go crazy and I'll take you with me. Yeah. And then that's when he's like, well, like I said, it's fine as long as you... Don't touch this room. Just don't touch this room. Do whatever you want. Which, you know, fair enough. That's an even trade. Yeah, that's a good trade. Then you see uh, Otho and Delia get ready to head up to the attic. And then Adam's like, oh, you know, he realizes he left it unlocked. And then Adam and his headless body (laughs) run up. Uh, by them up the stairs 
And as he runs by Otho. He sent something. He sent something like, did you feel something? I don't think she did, but he did. Yeah. And she's like, no. And then as they're walking up the steps, the door closes. It slams on and the locks. Attic, and you hear it lock. Yeah. And you're just like, huh. You know, that's very strange. He asked her, does she have a key? And she says, she doesn't, but Charles might. And they go back downstairs. It shows Charles sitting in his office reading a magazine. And Adam comes back into the office and, you know, Barbara's getting upset about that they can't get him out of their house. She says she isn't putting up with this and she starts to run out of the house. And she falls down into that area he was before, like Saturn, Yeah, I Saturn. Guess. Yeah, I mean, that's a weird thing. Why would you end it. up in Saturn? But that's what he, yeah. Beetlejuice says later. Yeah, that's very strange. I, di- I didn't catch that. Right She's away. calling out to Adam and he he's there too. Look, And he can hear her calling. So they finally find each other. Then it comes down to that, like, sand sharks kind of coming at them. It's a sandworm. Sandworm, but it has, like, a fin like a shark. Yeah, I know, but I think that's what Bill G. Yeah, he like. calls it a worm. Yeah. This is some... I mean, I'll, I'm a big fan of stop motion. Yeah, that's stuff. weird. Yeah, I love to... I'll get into this later, but I love mm-hmm. the look of yeah. this. I'll, I'll just leave it at that right now. All the monsters and kind of things in this have this, like, appearance. Yeah. Um, and they get back in the house just before they're almost eaten by this uh, sand. Yeah, but sandwich. he kind of leans down to bite them, and Barbara smacks him on the nose. Yeah. And they finally do get back in the house, but I think they realize that they're trapped in this house. They can't get beyond yeah. the yeah. house. Yeah, that's when they make that realization that they're stuck. They're stuck. They can't go anywhere. Then we cut to, I guess, the evening, and the Dietz family is having a Dietz family dinner of a Chinese takeout, mm-hmm. it looks like. You know, Lydia is, I guess, you the typical miserable goth child. She's just, you know... Fully dressed like a widow. Yeah. With the full veil and mm-hmm. uh, dress. She reminds me of me in middle school. Oh, well, like, I, I, I didn't wear the veils and all, but... Like, everything in my closet was black. Yeah, I seen a lot of that when yeah, I, I was... I drove my a, mom crazy yeah. with that. Charles is, you know, doing his best to cheer Lydia up. He says, you know, let, let's get done and get everything tight squared away. And I'll make you a nice dark room in the basement. <laughs> She's always going on for attention. She says her whole life is one dark room. Yeah. And Delia is just like basically like, Lydia, you were miserable in New York and now you're miserable here in the sticks, basically. You know, so basically she isn't going to be happy no matter where she's at. Delia talks about starting to sculpt again because that's the only thing that makes her happy. Do that after they're done with the remodeling of the house. Yeah, yeah. She wants to get back into her sculpting, which we've seen a little bit of that already. And it's very... uh, Terrible. Very, very odd. Then we go to... Are we still in... The, I think that was it with this scene, right? Well, uh, they, they talk more about... Like, Charles and Lydia want the house to stay the same, but Delia's like, no, everything goes. Yeah. And it shows Adam and Barbara kind of standing to the side listening to them talk about destroying their dream house. Well, yeah. And, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I lost my part in this scene. This this is... <clears throat> to let people know, when I was doing my notes on this podcast, I had Sabrina beating up my pen while I was trying to write notes. And I, some of my notes got a little jumbled. So be prepared for me here and there to have some trouble. Sabrina doesn't like when her daddy's taking notes and not paying attention to her. We find out here, too, that Delia wants everything out of the house. Yeah, she like, wants just, to start over. Yeah, just gut the house, yeah. basically. 
then you kind of see over in the corner the Maitlands there. Uh, Barbara and Adam are listening to all this, and they are just like, oh, because no. they put a lot into this house. Yeah, this you is, know? yeah, they, this was their dream house. And it's upsetting. These people want to just change everything. Yeah, like I said, literally just gut it out and yeah. start it over again. And then we cut to the next day, and I've moved before. But I've never had a crane outside my house moving stuff. Well, crane is for her sculptures. Yeah, no, I was like, wow. Yeah, um, they have like moving trucks everywhere that, and and or also it's like while they're moving, he's building something. He's having like an outside deck built. Yeah, yeah, and he's a. Uh, so the crane's like putting up this little wall part to it, and there's one kind of like got all her sculptures swinging everywhere and you know she's yelling on the ground like be careful with my sculptures you know which are ugly they're a sight to behold that's for sure and yeah like you were saying otho is kind of directing traffic as far as doing that outside deck he has taken pictures of the house from the outside oh yeah and delia's out there just being a oh just a battle axe yeah basically. getting everybody's way screaming at him yeah yeah and you're right yeah lydia's out there taking pictures and this is like where it shows Adam and Barbara there. They always complaining about their handbooks just not clear enough. They can't find what they need in it. And when they're picking up that book, an advertisement for Beetlegeist falls out. Yeah, and they're looking at it and there's no way to contact them. But Beetlegeist is a bio-exorcist. Bio-exorcist. A bio-exorcist. <laughs> And how they didn't notice this flyer in there before after they went through that whole I book. I think he put it there. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of yeah. gathering too. And then we cut to Charles coming down. I guess, you know, he's just kind of trying to stay out of all this. You know, mm-hmm. he comes down, try to make himself some tea. And then one of Lydia's sculptures come busting through the window right there at the sink yeah. when he's standing there. And needless to say, he's just like, I guess his calm is just not going to be there that day. Well, I think the moment he probably married her, his life was stressful. Yeah, pretty much. That might be why he moved to the country, too, just to balance it (laughs) out. To leave her in the city. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) uh, Lydia's still out there snapping pictures, and she just keeps, you know, taking them. And then she looks up at the window in the attic, and then she notices Barbara and Adam there. Looking out the window. Barbara realizes that Lydia saw them. Yeah, and she's, she's like, that little girl saw us. And about that time, Lydia looks over there, and then a car pulls up, and this is Jane. And she's just like, uh, oh, and she hands Lydia a key, and she says, oh, here, I, this is for your parents. This is a skeleton key. It opens up every, every lock in the house. She also gives her, like, um, a card, a business card. She says she helped decorate that house if they need any help. Yeah, yeah I don't no, think they're no, going to need her I help. I don't think so. They don't even like how the house looks now. You know, and then Lydia just like, okay, whatever. And then uh, Jane drives off, and Lydia just kind of turns around and just like, looks back up at the window. And they're gone. And they're gone. And then, next thing you know, Lydia is in the stairway going up to the attic. She wants to try to use that key to see if she can find him in there. And uh, Barbara and Adam are there, and they hear a key hit the lock. And then they go over there and hold the door closed as Lydia is trying to open it. Then a commercial comes on the yeah. TV. Yeah. That's another advertisement for Beetlegeist. Oh, well, this is the first one for Beetlegeist. It's just this TV comes on at random. And he is there. This is our first look at Beetlejuice. He's got like his shock of hair on his head. He, his face almost looks like pale white with mold Well, he's on dead. It. Dead for 600 years. And he's dressed up in a cowboy outfit, almost 
hawking his wares on this commercial like a used car salesman. Yeah, it says he's an afterlife's leading bio-exorcist. Beetlejuice is, like I said, he's doing the whole used car salesman thing here. He's off like to remove people from your house, you know, living from your house or whatever, that kind of thing. And he says, all you have to do is say my name three times and to get him. You know, basically, he just, you know, that's how you find out that's how uh, you uh, summon Beetlejuice. And then the TV goes off. And Adam uh, goes back to the door because Lydia is even kind of confused because it's almost like she hears this commercial, but she can't make out what it is. They're sitting there holding the door and Lydia's like looking at this key and about time that Adam does, he grabs something and pushes the key out of the lock. You know, then Lydia, I think, gets to the point of like, okay, maybe I'm not allowed to be in here. Yeah. By that time, Adam says, you know, picks up the book like, we got to do something. We need to do something about this. And Adam is just like, he says, we need to do something. This is just getting to be too much, basically. Yeah. Yeah. He says in the handbook, it says, if you need help, you can draw a door on the wall and not three times. Yeah. And he takes a piece of chalk. He draws a door Mm -hmm. and a little doorknob and he knocks three times on the wall. And then about the time the wall opens up and there's like this kind of green light that comes out of the wall. Yeah, and Lydia sees that green light shining through the keyhole. Yeah, and through the bottom of the door. And she's even like, whoa, what is going on here? Yeah. Adam and Barbara walk into the uh, door. Into the door. And then we cut to, uh, I guess, uh, we're still, I guess, roughly still in moving day, I guess. And Charles is like relaxing in his office. He's doing some bird watching. Lydia comes in and basically kind of scares him out of his tranquility, I guess you could (laughs) say. You know, she's sitting there saying, Dad, you know, I think she's like talking to him. Dad, I think this place is haunted or some kind of stuff like that. Yeah, she's trying to tell him what she saw. Yeah. But he kind of shoes her out of the room. Yeah, it's just like, eh, eh. Do you see what he did? He smacked her on the butt. I'm like, she's a little old for that. I, I didn't even... Yeah, he, yeah, I was thinking, nah. Yeah, okay. I didn't even notice. I didn't that even notice that. was a little strange. She's a little old for that. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, I didn't even notice that. That is kind of bizarre. I didn't even <laughs> notice that. Of course, you know, he isn't hearing any of this. You know, yeah, like I said, just kind of sends her off. And then we cut to Barbara and Adam are, I guess what you say, going down this hallway. Well, they walk into this room and it's like a waiting room. Yeah, where, okay. Yeah, that's right. Where uh, all these other dead people are. There's like a lady that's been cut in half. She's sitting next to her own legs crossed yeah, on the couch. Yeah, and you got a little guy with his head shrunken head. head. And the other guy looks like he might have choked on his food. What we have here basically is when you die, you're going through a bureaucratic system of waiting in a waiting room. Yeah, and you have like a counselor that you yeah. talk to. Yeah, because this is what we're going to find out. They go up to the help desk and we got like um, a green woman behind there, like yeah. off of Star Trek. I can't remember the name of that race, but there's a green woman in Star Trek <laughs> and she's green like her. Basically, Barbara and Adam say they need to talk to somebody. And they said this one was like, well, you don't have an appointment. Do so you? you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait. She goes through all this, like, they're coming way too soon. Because you only get, like, four visits or something, and they're going to waste all their visits. Yeah, yeah, and... Their uh, counselor is Juno. Yeah, that's her caseworker. Yeah. So, apparently, when you're dead, you got somebody who helps you out. Is like a... I don't know what you would call it. 
there it's like like i said it's kind of this whole bureaucratic almost like if you're going job hunting why didn't they each have a caseworker well, I guess they're married, so technically that would make them... Well, then people one. down there sitting in the room might have been married. Well, I guess they, they didn't die with their spouse, but... Or maybe they didn't have one. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Well, Shrunken Head Guy was probably... Maybe he was sexy at one time and he played the field, so he didn't get married, you know, until his head got shrunk. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they don't... Was it... They don't have an appointment. Yeah, so they have to get a number and wait. And then we cut back to um, Lydia, and she finally gets into the attic. And she looks around, and she notices this model, this uh, model of the town. Then she looks around the the attic a little bit more, and then she notices the handbook of the recently deceased. (laughs) Which, I have a question about this handbook. How can living people see this handbook? You would think if you're dead... Why would you be able to see the handbook? You would think only dead people would be able to see this handbook. I don't I know. know. I don't get that. It would be on their side, not yeah. the living side. Yeah, but that's <clears> that's uh, just that's my problem, not anybody else's. Well, I guess because you know the script dictates. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we got to move his story forward, so don't uh, don't don't worry about the little details here. <laughs> and then we cut back to the waiting room uh, in the afterlife here, and Adam is sitting there beside a burnt guy who offers him a cigarette. Did he, did he, like, go to sleep with it? That's my best guess. Did he burn up? Yeah, that's my best guess on what happened. And Adam's like, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> he says, I'm trying to cut back as well. I think it's a little late for that. <laughs> yeah, well, you're dead. I mean, you ain't got to worry about cutting back now. <laughs> he looks like an iron lung. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he looks like an overcooked steak, basically. <laughs> like brisket. Yeah. Um, and Barbara's sitting, I think, is she sitting on this little well, guy's sitting, lap? Well, she's sitting on a table. Is that what she's doing? She's sitting on her table and she kind of like Turn. get, turns away from the that conversation. And then she looks and she's right in that little shrunken head guy's face. Yeah, I know. <laughs> little shrunken head guy's basically like, you know, uh, boundaries, you know. Boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're like all up in my grill, woman. And then about that time, the Maitlands are called back by this guy who looks like he was run over by a truck because he's flat. He's and flat. He's, and he's got tire tracks on him. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like a, he's carrying like a briefcase or something. Yeah, but he's like hanging on a, uh, like a pulley system or something. <laughs> pulls him through the wall. Yeah. And <laughs> it well, tells him to go to the sixth door. Yeah, the sixth door. And they're going down the hallway. And like I said, it's weird. You actually need cleaning in the afterlife. Yeah. Because there's, there's a, janitor. a janitor there. Because they stop at this place and they see these kind of apparitions inside the wall. That, janitor says this is like the lost souls room. Yeah, the, the room of the lost souls for spirits that have been exercised. You know, they're looking at that. And it's like, I, I like how that looks. It's just like all these things just like floating around a lot of water. Yeah. This kind of water looking thing. Even though it's probably not water, but that's what it looks like. And the janitor seems to be the know-it-all in there. And like I said, you got cleaning going on in the afterlife. So I guess, you know, her whole theory about dust, you know, maybe there is dust, you know, in heaven or wherever you're at. Because yeah. you got a man pushing around a mop bucket. They go into the sixth door. You know, they walk in. They don't know where they're at at first. They're looking around the room. And then they realize this is their house. This totally their, remodeled. Yeah, this is their house, but it looks different. Yeah, the whole house is different. I wonder and, how long it's been. How long have they been gone? And then uh, this, old, this old lady steps up behind them, and this is Juno. And she says, y'all been gone three months. Three months. So this is their caseworker. 
She said she almost gave up waiting for them. Yeah, so apparently like, they were just ambling around for a little too long, <laughs> even though it don't look like they were doing it too I long at she's, all. I think she's one of my favorite in this, where she's got her throat slit. Yeah, I was going to mention and that. And she smokes a cigarette, and the smoke comes out of her slit throat. Yeah, so she's not actually taking the smoke into her lungs. It's going <laughs> out of, I always liked that effect. I always thought that was very cool. And she is basically, like I said, their caseworker. She evaluates their case on what's going on, and she tries to offer help, you know, as as needed, really. They asked for help getting that family out of their house. And they said they wouldn't mind sharing the house with them if they were li- more like yeah, them. Yeah, more like know? them, yeah. And Juno just tells them, just try to do some simple hauntings, things like that. Yeah. Just try to gradually kind of maybe i guess what you say gradually kind of just scare them to get them out of the house yeah she says they can get them out themselves you know yeah i think it's adam or barbara i can't remember it mentions well what about this guy beetle juice and juno just stops them right there says don't even say his name well they had went up to the attic and they're standing next to that model barbara asks about beetle guys and she tells them don't even say his name yeah Um, she tells them that Beetlegeist was her assistant. Yeah. But he was a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. And he went out on his own as a, like a freelancer bio-exorcist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he went out yeah, and did his own thing, I guess, whatever that <clears throat> thing is. And then he got in even more trouble. And she, Juno just pretty much lays lays it out for him. Take, get rid of the Deets family yourself, but no Beetlejuice. Tells them that she believes he's been sleezing around their cemetery and their model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, too, you know. And she tells him the only way you can call him is by saying his name three times. Says, yeah, don't mess with him. Yeah, don't mess with him. Don't. That they can do it on their own. And and I think Adam asked, you know, how do we get in touch with you again? And she just totally disappears. Yeah, she evaporates. Then we cut to, I guess this is where we cut to a fly. And a fly is going around, and it, it lands in, inside the model. Then we hear Beetlejuice calling out to it. It says, come on over here. I got something for you. Yeah, his hand pops out of the model grass. Yeah. And he's like, come over here. Yeah. You know? yeah. I can't, what kind of candy bar was that? It's a zagnut. A zagnut? Yeah, he's got a zagnut bar. He says, come on over here. I got something for you. <laughs> the yeah. fly flies over there to him, and he starts dragging him underground. Yeah, and you hear the fly go, help me. Help me. Like the movie The Fly. Help and then uh, you hear a big crunch. And, so, and he burps. Yeah, so Beetlejuice, I guess, was hungry. And then we cut to a scene of Charles is on the phone with this uh, guy, Max. He's his boss in New York City. Yeah, and he wants Max to come to town and look at these buildings in his town. It's almost like Charles is looking at a project to kind of try to make this town. Yeah, he mentions that he could, they could buy that whole town. Yeah, and, and make it whatever they want, yeah. basically, is what it seems like it looks like. Charles feels, yeah, that's it. Feels like the town is so small they could just buy it and develop it however they want. And Max, this guy Max on the phone, he just doesn't seem interested. He said, "Charles, you're living there. Take it easy, mm-hmm. relax, and enjoy yourself, yeah. and don't worry about this kind of stuff." You know, I think Charles is just trying to work a deal with this guy, mm-hmm. and this guy just isn't biting. It sounds like to me, from the conversation, Charles once was really good and he's burnt out and he's not as good as he once was that's my best and max is just kind of like not taking him very serious anymore 
You hear moaning. And after uh, Charles hangs up with Max, I think Max did Max say like putts or something like that on the phone. I mean, the moaning starts before he even gets off the phone. Yeah, and Charles yeah. is like, "What is that?" Yeah, yeah, he hears uh, moaning. Yeah, he hangs up the phone, and that Max says, "Putts." Yeah, putts. <laughs> yeah, and then Charles goes. I he goes and opens up the door. Someone's standing there in a sheet. Yeah, like the old sheet ghost. Yeah, and Charles is like Lydia. You're sitting there. You cut your. You cut Delia's. Uh, Three hundred dollar bed she, sheets. Yeah, she is not going to be happy about this. <laughs> then she just just kind of scoots the ghost away, you know, basically. <laughs> and he just closes the door and just like. Ugh. And then Barbara and Adam are out there outside. Like, is this what we've been reduced to? Sheets. <laughs> She's just like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a good look. No, I mean, this is that's old school haunting <laughs> stuff right there. It's like Abbott and Costello hold that ghost like kind the, of stuff. Oh, peanuts. Yeah, you peanuts. <laughs> well, Charlie Brown had holes cut all in his. Yeah. I think. yeah. <laughs> you know, apparently this little scare didn't work, so they decide they want to move to Delia's room. Mm, and she's she, watching wrestling. Yeah, and she but she's sound asleep on mm-hmm, the bed. I think it just came on. Like late at night. Barbara and Adam are just making these sounds like, ooh, yeah, very loud, yeah, stuff like that. Delia just raises up, turns the TV off. Well, not before Lydia can hear them moaning from her bedroom, and she gets up. She thinks it's them messing around. Yeah, that's right, that's right. She's like, cut it out. (laughs) Yeah, I had those scenes flipped, but yeah, I got right right here. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I forgot about, yeah, I had that flipped around, but. But then Delia wakes up when they keep moaning, and I think she thinks it's the TV, and she turns the TV off. Yeah, and then she just crashes right back down again. Yeah, she's got, like, lipstick all up her face. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the worst thing to go to sleep with red lipstick on. Oh, I could imagine. I could, I've done that I, before. I could imagine. Barbara and Adam are just like, this didn't work either. And then they start to go out of the room, I think. And about that time, isn't there, like, photos? Well, Lydia being- starts taking photo, uh, Polaroid pictures of them. Because she thinks it's uh, Delia and, and Charles. Yeah. Uh, you know, in so, some little game that they're playing like, in there. Yeah, some weirdo game. Yeah. And then it's like an old Polaroid camera where the damn oh, pictures keep flying yes. out of it as she's taking them. And then Lydia picks up one of the pictures and looks at it as it's developed and she notices that there's no legs up under they these... They don't have feet. Uh, yeah, up under these uh, sheets. And she's no feet. And then she starts like messing around with it. She's like, "Hey, you know, you hear Adam like, hey, what you doing?" You she know, says, are you the people hiding out in the attic? Yeah, she says, and, you know, and he says, "We're ghosts." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's trying to scare. Yeah, and she Lydia's not scared of us no, at all. She, she asks them what they look like under the sheets, like all night of the living dead, gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, "Down to living what?" You know, and they just don't know, and they. Take, I think uh, Barbara takes hers off, and Lee's like, Man, y'all aren't gross. So yeah. she can fully see them. Yeah, she can fully see yeah. them. You know, even Barbara said, I don't understand you. Like, if I seen this kind of thing when I was your age, I would have flipped out, basically. <laughs> and they're they're shocked that she can see them, and she tell, Lydia tells them that she read through their handbook for the recently deceased. Yeah. And it says the living normally ignore the strange and unusual. And she says, I myself. Or strange and unusual. Yeah, so she's fits right yes. in. She fits right in. I always liked that line. I, I thought that was too. pretty good. I want that on a shirt. Yeah, I always, I always that that line's one of the few, <laughs> one of them in here that always caught when me. When we were at Second and Charles the other day, they had those Beetlejuice shirts, but they, it said never trust a living. 
Oh, I, didn't, uh, I don't remember. I was going to be that they didn't have. They only had little kid sizes. That's yeah, right. My that's arm right. can fit in this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember <laughs> that now. You know, like you said, of course, Lydia could understand the handbook. And they go in the attic and, and they're looking around and, you know, looking at the model. She asked them, why are y'all yeah. trying to scare us? There, there we go. Yeah, I lost my place. But yeah, why well, won't scare you out? You and know, scare us out. Adam's like, well, you know, we were trying to get you to leave our house. Lydia says... Her dad never walks away from equity. Yeah, yeah. He ain't gonna walk away from this yeah. house. It'd have to be, you know, fall down around him basically before he'd give it up. She asked, why don't they leave? And yeah. they said they can't. Yeah, They're trapped they, Yeah, there. they said well, they can't. And then uh, Lydia is still kind of like, you know, wants to know if there's proof that they're actually really dead. Well, you can hear someone calling Lydia from downstairs. Yeah. And she starts to leave the attic, but... Adam asked her to tell everyone that they're gross and hideous ghosts. Yeah. And Lydia asked, how does she know all this is for real? Yeah. And they need to try something else other than the sheets because they're not working. Then we cut to, I guess this is the next day or something. Well, no, they it's downstairs. I think I think Delia was calling Lydia downstairs. Oh, this was around the same time. Yeah, because okay. she has the same outfit on. Okay, because I, I thought it was... Because the last time we seen Delia, she was asleep in the bed. Um, yeah, you're right. Because she's down there like... Uh, preparing in the, in, for in that. In the kitchen, preparing yeah, for like a dinner. Preparing. They're having uh, people over yeah. later in the day. And she's she just kind of getting with Lydia about that they all need to act like a happy, normal family. Yeah. yeah when which, they're not. When they're not. Del- and Lydia keeps trying to tell her about what she saw upstairs. And Delia's like... I don't have time for this. Yeah, yeah. You got like she, seven people coming to eat tonight. Yeah, and she just thinks Lydia is just trying to get attention yeah. or something like that. And, you know, basically Delia isn't buying any of it. And then we cut to Adam and Barbara. They're just sitting on the couch. Barbara's just looking over at the model. And then she just gets up and looks over at the model. Well, she knows there's a light flashing. Lights, lights on the flashing. And she just looks around and she just says, Beetlejuice. Three times. And then she starts to say it three times. You know, because Adam is kind of coercing her into it. Just go ahead and say it. Yep. Just go ahead and say it. And then she says Beetlejuice three times. And then they're inside the model. Yeah, and then next thing you know, they're just flipping, and they're pulled inside the model. And they're just looking around, and they're just like, okay, we're in this model now. And they look over, and they see this grave for Beetlejuice. It's like glowing neon sign of of his grave. And then here lies Beetlegeist. Yeah, and... (laughs) There's like some shovels there and everything. And mm-hmm. She's like, Barbara, hands her wide. I guess we dig. We dig. And they yeah. start digging down into this model. You know, di- I guess digging through the styrofoam and the ply- cardboard. Yeah, cardboard and everything <laughs> else. And then they, they continue digging. Then they hit something on the bottom. And it's like a coffin. And they hit this coffin. And by the time things start to shake. And they jump out of this hole, and about this time, Beetlejuice comes <laughs> popping out. He's just kind of floating in the air. Beetlejuice just comes down. I don't know. I guess what you would describe him, like I said, I already described kind of what he looked like, but his personality is very... Uh, vulgar. Vulgar. He's like he's he's very gross and kind of pervy. And creepy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, he's basically trying to sell himself to Barbara and Adam, you know, like, oh, I can help you do this. You know, I can help you get rid of these people and everything. Yeah. He grabs Barbara and dips her and kisses her. Yeah, and yeah. 
And Ugh. yeah, he gives her like, like a good little kind of tongue kiss. And, <laughs> and then he starts asking Adam, how serious is this relationship with Barbara? Do I have a chance at her? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do have a chance at all. You know, and Adam kind of shoves him out of the way and he walks over to Barbara and um, Beetlejuice comes up and puts his arm around them and says he's glad they picked him. Mm-hmm. And it makes him want to kiss them. Yeah. Then he tries to kiss Barbara again. Yeah, that's why I know. He knows he goes for her first. He's a dirty creep. <laughs> yeah, like I said, he's kind of a pervy and uh, gross. They want to know his qualifications. And he gets all this very mannered talk about how he went to Juilliard <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And he goes on about how he's been dead for 600 years. And he, he's lifted the plague a couple times. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he said his biggest qualifications, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. They asked him if he can be scary. And he makes this face. It doesn't show what the face is. Yeah, yeah. But then we... what What is it? He's trying to... You can kind of tell Adam and Barbara are just not feeling this with him. Right. He's His mannerisms are like, nah, yeah. I don't want to be involved with him. Beetlejuice kind of senses that they're he's losing them. And then he's like, you know, ends up in the same kind of clothes that Adam has. He says, hey, you know, we dress a lot, buddy. You know? <laughs> And then he hugs Adam and then just kind of starts to squeeze on Barbara. I know. Squeeze her belly. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're just like, no, 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 we need to get out of here. And he's like, wait, uh, let's... um, Go back to my place and I'll, you know, cook you dinner or something. Yeah, cook you dinner. And then they're they're still trying to walk away quick. And Barbara says, home, home, home. Yeah. Three times and then they come out of the model again. Yeah, and then Beetlejuice is like, look, still talking, and he looks around, and they're gone. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Why'd you, you bunch leave? of losers. Yeah, and then he, and then this tree model falls behind him. Well, he sidekicks it. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then this thing falls down, and then he just tells me a nice fucking model. Honk, oh, and he yeah. honks his crotch. He yeah. grabs his crotch. <laughs> now, I think I remember reading... That that was improvised. Did he just do that? Yeah, because the the tree wasn't supposed to fall. Oh, well, he kicked it. Yeah, well, he, I I think yeah, but I think he was just kicking out. But he maybe kicked the tree and it wasn't supposed to fall. Oh, and that was when he just kind of improvised <laughs> that part of it because you know that tree because you see him kind of look behind him when he did did it because <laughs> I don't think that was supposed to happen. Yeah, and like I said, the Maitlands are just like, no, 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 we ain't going to use this guy. We ain't going to use this guy. Barbara tells Adam she thinks they can do it on their own. Yeah, she says, I I got an idea. We'll just do this on our own. And with that right here, we're going to go to a break. And during this break, you're going to hear a little uh, interview clip of Michael Keaton talking about how he came up with the character Beetlejuice, you know, his mannerisms and stuff like that. but. After you listen to this little clip, we will be back and we will be going into the rest of uh, Beetlejuice. When Tim came to you for Beetlejuice. I didn't understand what he was talking about. Really? I had no idea what he was talking about, but I liked him. <laughs> yes. I went, wow, this guy's something. Uh, and so I said, I, I wish I could do it. You seem like a really nice guy and I, I know you're creative, but I don't know what you're, you're, I don't get it. And he, and I got a phone call, I said, would you talk to him again? And I liked him. So I thought, yeah, sure. And I, I said... Explain more to me what you're trying to do. And when you see it, you understand why it was probably hard for him to explain. And I, th- I went home and I thought, wow, I, I just don't, I don't, I like this guy. I'd like to figure out a way. And I thought, no, don't do it. I, did, I met him again at a little Mexican restaurant down in Lincoln. And we talked and talked and talked. And I said, he said a couple of things that I just logged back here. And I said, you know what, give me the night or two days. And I don't really figure something. And I called a... Uh, the wardrobe department, the studio's gonna make it. Because yes. he said something that made me think of something. 
And I said, send me a bunch of wardrobe from different time periods, <clears throat> randomly, just pick a rack. And he said something about something else, about he exists in all times and all spaces. And then I thought of an idea of teeth, and I thought of an idea of a walk, and I, I knew it had to be energy. And I said, I don't know. And I called him and said, I got an idea, and I don't know if it's going to work or not, uh, so let's just go do this thing. And here's the amazing part about it. He never saw any of it. We t discussed it, and I said, I want... I want hair that looks like I stuck my phone in, a, in a, an electrical outlet. And then the great V. Neal, the wardrobe, I said, I want mold, because Tim said he lives like in, under rocks and stuff. I said, I want mold somewhere. And she created this amazing, and then, so then I said, okay, and I showed up for work, and I walked on the stage, and I said, this is either gonna be way off the mark, or he's just gonna, I don't know what he's gonna do. He got it immediately, and, and he, you know, it's not like it was way outside what he was talking about, but it was, and he, he said, yes, that, and let's do more of that, and let's do more of that. Then it just became this unbelievably free. And we are back, and uh, we are at the uh, home, Deet's home at night, and there's a, like a dinner party going on, and they have a company around the table. I don't know. They're entertaining these people. One of them is, I think, Delia's agent. His name is Bernard. Yeah, they just seem like a. It's like a really snooty kind of party. Yeah, Bernard, like nobody knows how to have any fun. Yes, Bernard and his wife, and I cannot remember this other woman's name. I couldn't place her. Is she Otho's wife? I think it might have been Otho's wife or his assistant. I cannot remember. Oh, he has a wedding band on. Okay, so. so maybe it is his wife. I know she's very odd looking, to put it mildly. Yeah, and he kept, he makes a comment that kind of like a like an unhappy husband not make about his wife. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. Too. Like something like the Wicked Witch of the West dropped a house on her sister or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a very uncomfortable dinner mm -hmm. These they're having here. Lydia is trying to entertain, and nobody is just having it. Charles is just eating and just trying to. I, it's almost like he's just trying to get through it too. Lydia just keeps bringing up that she saw ghosts, and Delia just keeps trying to play it off like it's a joke. Yeah, trying to just blow it yeah. off. Yeah, she don't want to talk about that. Otho kind of sits there and listens for a little bit. He says, "No, no, Lydia, what are you talking about? I kind of, you know, he wants to hear a little bit more about this." Yeah, Delia <laughs> tells him she doesn't want to talk about that. Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> want to talk about it, even though Lydia has been bringing that up through yeah. the dinner. And she says, "I want to talk about," and then she freezes, and suddenly she starts singing that "Deo." Yeah, Deo. Yeah, this is the Song. probably the most famous scene from yep. this movie. Mm -hmm. And I find it funny when I watch this scene, how everybody is dancing yeah. to this song. Lydia is not. She just uh -huh. kind of moves away from the table and she's just looking at it. This like, is like one of the first times you see her smiling. This yeah. is one of the first times you see her smile in this entire uh -huh. movie, if you really look. Everybody's moving around and they're confused because they're like, we're doing this, but we're not doing it. <laughs> What's making us do this? Yeah. And it's just this big dance thing around this table. I said, it's probably the most famous scene from this movie. So I guess you can configure this as Barbara and Adam. Yeah. This is, this is Barbara's big move. Yeah. Here. After they dance, they're just like set back down on the table. And then these 
big hands come out of their well, they had, bowls? Well, they had shrimp cocktails. Yeah. Thing, and then the shrimp cocktails turn into like hands that grab them by the face and, and shove them backwards. Yeah, shove them backwards. They I, all uh, flip out of their chairs. Uh, you see a scene of Adam and Barb running back up into the attic. Boy, they thought, oh, right, yeah, we did it. They're going to death. Death. They're going to leave. And then they're looking out the attic window at their cars like, they'll be running out anytime now. <laughs> anytime now. They don't. And they don't. Lydia comes up, knocks on the attic door, and she says they want them to come downstairs. Yeah, they want to they they see y'all. It says they weren't scared, basically. Mm-mm. They weren't scared. They want to see you. It goes back downstairs, and everybody's excited. Yeah, that that, 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 that happened. Yeah, that that happened. They're pretty much all trying to figure out how they're going to make money off of Barbara. Yeah, and yeah, Adam. basically, they're they're already yeah, yeah. kind of scheming uh, the cash <laughs> for cash yeah. on how they yeah they, how they can profit from this. Lydia comes downstairs and she tells them they don't want to come down. I think the agent guy and his wife Bernard. Yeah, yeah, they go and leave because they think they're lying to him well bernard you get these little snippy things from him about how he's lost money on delia as far as her sculptures yeah (laughs) and she's not good yeah she's not good they just get ready to leave they're just like that it's weird that bernard and them act like they don't believe yeah when they just were acting like they believed it yeah when they were just in there though Mm -hmm. and they just had that happen but yet they didn't believe it and then as Bernard and him are leaving, and he just says, Delia, you're a flake. But, you know, he's like, you know, he just feels like he's just invested time in her for nothing. And and they leave. You know, there's such whatever. And this just makes Lydia just, or Delia, angry. And she's like, Lydia, take us up there to that attic right now. I want mm-hmm. to see them. And then they go up to the attic. Otho and Charles and uh, Delia go up to the attic, and this Lydia leaves them <clears> up there. Dilla starts banging on the door and telling them they demanding they come out. Or, you know, I'll hate, you know, what the ropes you hung yourself with or something <laughs> she like didn't that. Hang, they didn't hang themselves. Yeah, that's what Lydia they said. So they, didn't, they didn't commit suicide, <laughs> you know. And then the door just opens. And they're just walking around in the attic and... They just looking at the model. Charles is fascinated by this model. Yeah, because it's the whole town. Yes, yeah, the whole town. Yeah, and he wants to buy the whole town. And <laughs> I guess this is like his ideal thing. It's a map of the whole town yeah. and a three D kind of model. And it gives he, him more ideas yeah. when he looks at it. And Ortho finds the handbook of the recently deceased. Ortho. Ortho. Or, I ortho. always want to call him with an R. Well, you're almost going with Orco. Orco from, from uh, He Man. <laughs> The He-Man cartoon. That's what I keep hearing every time you say or, or, Ortho. I'm not thinking of Ortho. Ortho. Well, I'm thinking of Ortho. Yeah. It's Ortho. Yeah. And he's looking at that handbook and he's like, hmm, you know, handbook of recently deceased. I mean, maybe this will have some bearing on it. He puts it in his jacket and they kind of leave the attic. Stole it. Yeah. And they're going, are they going up to the, uh, it's all like they went upstairs even further. Is that what I was yeah. looking at? Okay. They're I, on I, the third floor of the attic. Okay. I would have sworn on my life it like they was going upstairs. No, they went downstairs. Okay. I thought that was weird when I looked at that. I was like, no, they couldn't be going upstairs. <laughs> this is the third floor. And as they're leaving out of there, Beetlejuice is like in the model and he's like, you know, Oh, I'll put a, you know, he's like basically, okay, I'll put a scare into him. Yeah, he's taunting Adam and Barbara, like laughing at their attempt to scare yeah, him yeah, off and yeah. it didn't work. Yeah, and he's like, like they still need him. Yeah, I'll put a scare into him. As yeah. Delia's walking out, 
she's kind of near the staircase, yeah. the handrails. She's got her hand on going up the handrail, yeah. and it turns into snake skin. And then it just comes out. It's like a big snake with kind of the face of Beetlejuice. How did he do that? I mean, if he could do that all along, why did he need them to bring him out of there? I didn't there? understand that either. I was actually he, going, did, he came out on his own. I was actually going to say that same thing. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to say the same thing because I was going to ask that Because he acts like question. he can't do nothing without them saying his name three times. Yeah. I mean, it almost makes me... The only thing that you could almost say why he was able to do that is because they already contacted him. So he's already able to do stuff, but maybe not fully do mm. what he can do. Maybe this is just a taste of what he can do. Yes. I mean, you. I mean, I don't know. I was kind of with you. I'm just like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but that's my me rationalizing it <laughs> in my head. Beetlejuice, this snake thing, it knocks Otho, I think, down the stairs. Otho tries to sneak by him, and he um not kicks him like he has a rat, rattlesnake tail. Yeah. And he hits Otho in the butt, knocks him down the stairs. Yeah, and then he picks Charles up and almost like drops him off the side of the stairs. <clears throat> I yeah, mean, he dropped like, him over the ledge. He's actually trying to hurt these people. He tells Charles he's there for his daughter, which is weird. She's about 15. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> well, Beetlejuice is ageless, so you got to remember that. I mean, he's probably got the mindset of about a 15-year-old himself. About this time, Barb walks out and notices what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then she says Beetlejuice's name three times. And then he's just like, oh. oh no. And then he just. Goes he, back in the model. Yeah, he's gone. And Lydia is just upset by all this is happening. She's just stressed about everything going on. And, and it's not really Barbara and Adam's fault, but she kind of takes it out on them. Yeah. She's just like, leave me alone. Yeah, you know? because they kind of feel like. She yeah. feels like maybe they're the ones that caused yeah. this. This is about that time as this happens, Adam and Barbara are pulled back in. To- no, they're standing looking down at the model. Beetlejuice is driving a model car in the model, and they're watching him crash. Oh, oh, okay. I totally skipped over that part. Yeah, I totally skipped over that. Yeah, he but, tells yeah. Adam and Barbara that he doesn't want to do business with them anyway. The only one he can deal with is Lydia, maybe. You Barbara know- tells him to leave Lydia alone and... Picks him up in her hand because yeah. he's small in the model. And then he kind of suddenly grows thorns yeah. and, and makes her drop him. Yeah. And she drops him back down in the model and he gets stuck into the yeah. the grass or whatever Yeah, in the model. But he gets up and runs his mouth at them again. Well, and he, doesn't he like cock a loogie up and spit it into his coat yeah. like I'll save that he's for later? <laughs> Yeah. He feels, he says he's feeling anxious, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And then it's been 600 years. Yeah. And then um, all of a sudden these lights come on. It's suddenly like there's a whorehouse brothel kind of place in the model. Yeah. Called Dante's Inferno Room. Girls, girls, girls. Yeah. 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 Which uh, that's an interesting name for a a brothel or a strip club or both, whatever it is. All the girls are dead. Yeah. And he just, uh, he's making his way to the brothel. Yeah. They're like, hey. You know what I mean? He starts dancing. Yeah. (laughs) Going towards Barbara looks at Adam and is like, why did you put that in there? He's like, I didn't do that. She's like, why did you build that? And he said, I did it. <laughs> yeah. Find out later who did that. Yeah, well, we're going to find out yeah. shortly because yeah, I actually jumped ahead a little bit because this is about the time Adam and Barbara end up back. Well, the wind starts blowing yeah, yeah. around them and they're transferred back to Juno's yeah, office. Yeah, and they're in Juno's office. 
And Juno's there with a football team. Yeah, there's a bunch of young guys. Yeah, they're they're like football players, and they're just being annoying as hell, asking questions. <laughs> ask her where the men's room is. Yeah, that's right. Like oh, men's room. <laughs> <laughs> and Juno is like reading Barbara and Adam the riot act here about them letting Beetlejuice out. Yeah, she admits she's the one that put that whorehouse yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So I was about to say, him. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, and she said they let Beetlejuice out. She said I had to put the whorehouse there to distract him to yeah, get y'all. Yeah, they also home. let Ortho, Otho, 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 Otho get that book. Yeah, so Otho stole the handbook. And this is where she says that that line: "You never trust a living." Yeah, you never trust a living. <laughs> yeah, it moves to Delia and Charles sitting outside at their house. Yeah, and they're they're almost kind of contemplating leaving here yeah. briefly. I think um, he's like, well, maybe this isn't the best place for Lydia. And I think um, Delia's kind of come around to liking being there. Or maybe she's just a little iffy about yeah, it. Yeah, she's or looking so. around like she's fond of where they're at now. But he's kind of like, well, maybe this isn't the best place for her. And uh, Otho kind of steps out. I like him in his uh, robe walking <laughs> yeah. around out there. Uh, that's, a, that's a very spiffy robe he has on. And he's like walking around and he says, well, y'all just don't need to be talking about this because you're going to have uh, Max. Max, Max Dean coming up tonight. Yeah, they need to impress and produce some ghosts because yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I think he says his wife loves, loves ghosts. the supernatural yeah. and, mm-hmm. and ghosts. They, they got a little thing that they need to be, you know, doing for this big, uh, I guess, this big get together. Cut to Lydia in her room writing a suicide note she's writing a letter to well you think it's to her dad and all but i don't know if she did double letters Mm-mm. because she tells them that by the time they read it she would have jumped off the winter river bridge that's where they crashed yeah and i guess she assumes since they died there maybe she would, she'll die there yeah. and be with you'd think she'd be writing that to her dad and all but she goes straight up I like the wording. She changes the wording where it's like what falls to my death. And then, or, she and then she's plunges or plum, something. Plummets. Plummets, plummets yeah. or something like that. I was like, <laughs> Which oh. that bridge is not high at all. No, it just amazes me they even die. She would probably there. just go in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not like, drown. Yeah, just swim. <laughs> yeah. But then we cut back to Juno. When she's with the Maitlands and she's, you know, I guess she's kind of done reading on the ride act. Gina's like, I want you to get, I want y'all to get the deets out of your house. She asked them how they're going to do that. Barbara like pulls her mouth up. Now Adam pulls his mouth all up and he's got this long nose looking thing yeah. and pulls his eyeballs on his fingers. Yeah. And Barbara like, she takes she... her eyeballs out and puts them in her mouth. Okay, I thought she pulled her head up well, and then her eyeballs were popping yeah. out of her mouth yeah. or something. There's something like that. <laughs> I like how he's looking at her through his glasses with his fingers. Yeah, that was a nice little touch. I like that too. I noticed that. I was actually had that written down right here. I like the where he was sitting there looking at her and he's got his glasses up in his eyes. I like that. I thought that was a uh, very cool. And Juno's kind of looking at their faces. She's like, oh, well, not bad. I think that'll work. Okay. <laughs> and then she just kind of sends them on the way. And then about that time, the football players come back in. They're like, you know, they keep calling Juno coach. And they're like, coach, I don't think we survived the crash. 
that part was kind of sad because yeah, they're gone. Yeah, and Juno's like, well, how did you guess? You know, in her uh, snippy tone that she's got. Then uh, Lydia, you come back to Lydia's up there in the attic and she's brought that note up to Yeah, because you thought she, I thought she was writing it to her dad. No, no. she, but she almost, was writing it to them. She, I think she feels closer to, to them. Uh, the Maitlands mm-hmm. there than she does to her own family. They're not back yet. Then Lydia notices Beetlejuice. He starts talking to her. In the model, he starts talking to her. Mm -hmm. He starts asking her for help to get out of the model. She's like, so something like, you know, well, maybe I won't in. And then Beetlejuice, I mean, it's like, you know, he knows, you know, he's dead and everything. And she's like, you know, why do you want out? You know, and then she's like, well, maybe I won't in. And this is the first time, if you really listen to it, Beetlejuice is like, why? Yeah, you didn't hear, you didn't notice that? No. Uh-uh. Yeah, because he's sitting there. It's almost like this is a little bit of. Like, why would you want to be like me? Yeah, like why, would you, yeah why would you want to be dead? Why would you want that for yourself? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Because I, I, I hadn't caught that before until I, I started watching. I think that little stab on, like, appreciate life when you have it. Yeah. Because when, when you're dead, you don't have that anymore. Well, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was just, I thought that was very interesting that, you know, he just said, why? It was just the tone of mm-hmm. how he said it. It wasn't like, you know, like, you know, whatever, why? He was just like, it was like a concern sound, like, why? Why would yeah. you want to do that? But then he kind of brushes it off real quick. And he says, I want you to help me get out of here. You She's know, like, I got things I got to do and everything. Yeah, meet friends or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, you know, I need your help. And he says, you've got to say my name three times. And she says, I don't know what your name is. And he can't tell her. He can't tell her. He can't say it. So he tries to start playing charades to show her yeah. what his name is. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, first word. And then. <laughs> Beetle. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, uh, try to say something, you know. Just look behind you. And then it's a beetle. Behind, yeah, and then there's a beetle behind her, like, hey, you know, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's a beetle. Beetle. And then, yeah. she's, and then he starts showing, like, orange juice growing, like, pouring being into, poured uh, into a glass. And she's just like, what, beetle breakfast? <laughs> yeah. Beetle drink? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, beetle juice. Yeah. And then he said, yeah, that's it. So she says it twice. And then she's like, mm-hmm. you know, she stops herself. <clears throat> and then she's like, wait a minute. I want to talk to Barbara first. Well, at first she's like, wait a minute. Aren't you, you look like that snake. That's what it is. You know, she starts to recognize it. Like, mm-hmm. you know. And then I think that's when she said, I want to talk to so Barbara, Barbara first. Yeah, he's like, no, you don't need to talk to Barbara first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then about that time, that's when Barbara and Adam come back. Yeah. And Beetlejuice keeps sitting there like, say it, say it. And, you know, say it. And one more time, he just falls off the balcony of the, of the uh, uh, brothel there. And then when Lydia turns around, they still got their horror faces on. And it scares her to death. And then Barbara's like, oh, wait. She fixes herself to look you know, back to normal. And Before they came in, it showed Adam and Barbara in the hallway. And yeah. they were talking about like Barbara's doesn't really want to scare them away anymore because she cares for Lydia. Yeah. She says, I just want to be with Lydia. Well, yeah, that's and right. I guess she's like, this thing. is like the child they never had. Yeah. You know? And she just like, she doesn't want to scare these people. She just like, she wants to try to find a way to coexist, coexist with them. With them. Yeah. You know? And then they come in and stop her from saying it a third time. Yeah. There you go. I forgot about that scene. I, I and this is where Lydia tells them she wants to be with them. She wants to be dead, too. 
And yeah. Barbara tells her being dead doesn't change anything. No, no, no. It, it doesn't make things better. She tells them, like, they basically stopped Beetlejuice because Beetlejuice was saying something like he was going to help her go to the other side to find them. And, and, and Barbara says, don't worry about it. You can visit us anytime. Of course, Adam is over having trouble changing back to his actual form. <laughs> yeah, and then he does. finally is able to accept his nose. <laughs> it's like, like yeah. Pinocchio nose. <laughs> and about that time, is this... Um, Charles and Otho come upstairs. Come up and they take that model. Yeah, they come up to the attic and take the model. You know, you don't see where Adam and Barbara went. And as they're taking the model out, you know, they take it out the door and everything, close the door, and you see that uh, Adam and Barbara are hanging out the window. You know, I guess they, they went outside, but they technically didn't leave the house. So I guess. Well, did they know. think they were going to see him? I don't know. That's what I thought was weird. Because they haven't been seeing him. Yeah, that's what I thought was weird about that, too. It almost makes me wonder if they think that maybe since they've already made their presence known, maybe they can see them. Now. Maybe so, or that they they think they're there, so yeah. maybe yeah, I they'd mean, be more I'm open not, I'm to really seeing sure. them. I thought that was weird too. Why were they hiding? Yeah, suddenly concerned would, about them seeing them. Yeah, you would think they would just stand there and just yeah. they would run right by them. Charles is giving a presentation with that model to that yeah. Max guy. Yeah, this is like a party at night, and they're doing this. Like you said, it's like a presentation. And he's going, but it, you know, each property in that model, he's showing them what they could turn it into, which is a bunch of crazy stuff. Yeah, it's like you want to make this town, this little quaint, kind of little mm-hmm. quiet town, into something very tacky, basically. Because he'd likely run into. People who did not want to sell their property. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I feel and so you, excited. You can't yeah. buy everything when somebody doesn't. And that's when you have to get, like, into the forcing them out, you know, kind of thing. Well, yeah, when they hire people like you who like to break legs and stuff like <laughs> that. Like, you know, you move out or first your leg will be broke and then your hip and then your whole body will be broke. Because, you know, they don't call you Sherry the Enforcer for nothing. <laughs> You know, your side job, you know. You'll tell people about me. Well, you and Sabrina have that little racket going. So, <laughs> but that that's a Sherry side job, everyone. So if you need any help with that kind of thing, just uh, give her an email and she will help you out. She's good at breaking legs. You know, they're still trying to sell this presentation. Max and his wife, they just, they're more interested. They want to see the ghost. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care anything. about anything he's saying. Yeah, they, they just have no interest in this. And then it's about the time, I think it's uh, Delia, you know, says, you know, kind of bring the ghost out. And but it is like they don't want to come down. Yeah, or she says they're already gone. They Maybe they'll gone. come back. Yeah, it says they're gone. Maybe they'll come back. I think it's, does she even say it right here that they kind of want to live together? They said, maybe they'll come back and we can figure out a way to all live together. Yeah, but, you know, they just don't want to do any more of them stupid kind of Yeah, tricks. tricks. Yeah, yeah, tricks that they want them to do. Delia says, you can't really rely on Lydia. So she's asking Otho to help. Yeah. Because he's been reading that handbook. And, they, they yeah, apparently they, they feel like they have their power play with Otho over yeah, there. Yeah, he still thinks they're there. Yeah, and I know Lydia's like, you know, Otho's going to do this. He can't even change a tire. Which <laughs> no. you he know, says he needs something personal of Barbara's and Adam's. Delia's thinking for a second, and she's like, oh, I know oh, exactly I what know. it is. Those wedding clothes. Yep, and there, there you go. The wedding clothes come back into play. 
And then everybody's uh, sitting around the table with the wedding clothes sitting in the middle of the table. And Otho, they're almost like starting, he's like starting this ritual. Yeah. Kind of, um, he's like reciting a like a ritual. Like a seance kind of ritual. Yeah. Kind of. Barbara and uh, Adam are in the attic. All of a sudden, you see Barbara just starting to fade. Yeah, he starts to take her hand and his hand goes through her. She's just disappearing. Yeah, she just disappears. She just fades away and then it goes back downstairs and you see the wedding dress starts to rise with her in it yeah and the wedding dress starts to fill out like somebody's mm-hmm. forming in it you know and then the wedding dress starts to rise up and like stand up and then you see barbara appear in the dress just standing yep. there on the table and then she starts turning old yeah and then her body starts to it's almost like she's starting to age uh very rapidly and decay and yeah. Lydia starts getting upset. She's like, stop it, you know? Yeah. That stops, you know, you're you're killing her. And I think uh, that Max guy is like, oh, kill her. She's already dead. Yeah. You know. Otho keeps reciting that ritual and then Adam comes in his suit. And Adam starts to fade away. And then he appears in his, uh, I guess, wedding uh, tux or whatever it yeah. is. Then he starts, like you said, then he starts to uh, age as well. And you could see Charles and Delia are starting to get a little unnerved and upset by well, this. Well, everybody's like, you know, Otho, stop, you know, yeah, let's that, stop this because yeah. they're, you know, clearly Adam and Barbara are in distress. Yeah, you know? they're, they're, they're killing them. They're like, yeah, let's stop this. And Otho's like, I can't. Yeah, it's already on this way. You can't do anything about it. Then Lydia runs off. And she goes to, I guess... Ask Beetlejuice to help. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. it's back at the model, right? Yeah. she He's sitting on like a tombstone. And he's like, yeah, sure, sure. You know, I can yeah. help you, but... But I, he tells her he has to get married. Yeah, he says, but here's the thing about it. I want to be out of here permanently. Yeah, he said, I have to get married so, to stay out. Yeah, so I have to get hitched, <laughs> basically. Yeah, make, make, a, make a, a, a good man out of it, basically. Yeah, so she agrees to marry him. Yeah. If he helps Barbara and Adam. Yeah. And, you know, kind of tries to seal the deal with that. And he's like, yeah, all right. But, you know, okay, well, you know what you got to do. And she just sits there and says, uh, Beetlejuice three times. And, he says, it's showtime. Yeah. <laughs> and about that time, Barbara and Adam are still fading away. Yeah. They're just kind of getting lower and lower. They're just kind of decaying yeah and about that time a rumbling starts happening in the, in the model yeah in the model yeah. this scene is odd yeah it's very it's odd very odd he peers out of the middle of the model and he's got like a merry-go-round on yeah. his head yeah and then he has these long arms that kind of fold out to like those things that you can hit and test your strength yeah test your strength game yeah so he rolls them out but before he did that like the behind that max and his wife uh, forms the things you would ring the bell. Yeah, where where you hit as yeah. a tester strength thing, where you hit it and uh-huh. knock a knock his thing up to hit a bell. So he hits it and they go through the roof. Yeah, both of them do. Yeah, he <laughs> hits it with that, and yeah, they're they're you don't see them anymore in a movie after that, so you don't know if it killed them or not. <laughs> oh no, they just went through the roof. Then Beetlejuice is just like back to his usual self. He's like, okay, well, you know, I did my. And he says uh, everything seems to be in order here, you know, and. What is it? He does something with Barbara and Adam. 
Well, Otho tries to sneak out. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I got. And I Beetlejuice makes his clothes fall off. Yeah, and he's got like a leisure suit on or yeah. something up underneath, and Otho just runs screams out. and runs. Yeah, because yeah, it's not only taking his stylish suit but turned it into a leisure suit. Then he turns around and he's wearing a red suit. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, does he make? Does he make Barbara and Adam like collapse onto the, yeah, the table? Yeah, I think so. That's what I was yeah. sitting trying to think of because this this scene gets all kinds of crazy. I here. was getting tired of doing notes. Uh, I missed some things right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does that, and they just kind of collapse. And you think, God, did he kill them? But <laughs> no, what it is is I think they're starting to reform back, uh, slowly reform back, and that's when Beetlejuice like, okay, well, basically, Lydia, you got to live up to your part of the bargain. Doesn't he um, close her dad, Charles, and, and de- traps them with her sculptures? Yeah, because he tells, you know, the parents say, well, you all can come over and visit anytime you want, you know. But he says, you know, since it's time for the wedding, you know, he has Delia's sculptures come to life. And they form like these kinds of chairs almost. <laughs> and they lock up Charles and Delia. Yeah, so they can't stop so, the wedding. So they can't stop the wedding. Uh, Beetlejuice is, of course, in this suit, and Lydia is in a red kind of wedding, uh, dress. wedding dress. We, if we ever go to a Halloween party, I want to do these. No, oh. you do. You be Beetlejuice in a red suit. Yeah, and yeah. I could be Lydia in a red wedding dress. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> I guess. Uh, well, no, Sabrina would have to be Beetlejuice, I guess, because she is like Beetlejuice. Anyway, yeah, and the Maitland start to reform because you notice that Adam starts to say Beetlejuice, but his jaw falls off. Everybody's trying to say Beetlejuice, and he keeps trying to stop everybody. Yeah, because the wedding is on. Lydia doesn't want to do it because you have this little goblin kind of thing come out of the wall who's like officiating the wedding. (laughs) He says the word Beetlejuice. Do you and Beetlejuice don't say the B word there? You know, don't say it. Then the guy asks Lydia, and Lydia's like, oh, no, no, she don't want to do it. She tries to go, Beetlejuice. Yeah, but then Beetlejuice covers her mouth, and then he speaks in Lydia's voice, voice. like, I want to marry Beetlejuice. You know, I'm I love, a sound um, mind. Yeah, and I, and, yeah, yeah, basically just speaking her vows for yeah. her. Adam is pretty much formed back now, and he comes into the room and says, Beetlejuice. But then... Beetlejuice points at him and his teeth fly out of his mouth. <laughs> then he puts him in the model. Yeah, well, after, but not before his uh, teeth start chattering to say Beetlejuice <laughs> oh, again. Yeah. And then Beetlejuice starts trying to stomp on the, the <laughs> teeth from talking again and then just kicks them out of the way and he says, scram. And then he just goes back over to Lydia to finish the wedding. <laughs> then Adam's trying to talk again, I think. And then that's when he sends him into the model. And then, of course, uh, back to the wedding, you know, and then Barb comes out and then says Beetlejuice, and then he squeals, yeah, and then he points at her, and then she's got a zipper over her mouth, and then she unzips it again, and then says Beetlejuice. Well, that would be a third time. I don't think Adam said it. Well, no, I think it's got to be said by the same person three times. Oh, okay. And she tries to say it a second time, and she says it a second time, but... This time he puts like a piece of metal literally right <laughs> over her mouth so she cannot speak. And Adam is in the model and he gets inside of a truck as he's doing, you know, I don't know how this truck drives because it's a model truck, but okay, we'll go with it. You know, we went with everything else in this because the truck inside the model, you know, shouldn't drive like a car. 
But then Beetlejuice is out there and the uh, uh, one officiating the wedding says, uh, we need to ring. And Beetle just like, oh, oh yeah. And he starts digging around <laughs> in his pocket and everything. And then he finds a finger that with a ring, a ring on it. She didn't mean anything uh, yeah, to me. She didn't mean anything to me and takes <laughs> that off. And then about that time as he's doing that, though, he points over to Barbara and sends her out to Saturn. Then you see Adam in the truck. His The truck comes out of the model crashes into his foot and catches fire and then beetlejuice is like kicking his foot around and then about that time roof opens up barbara comes in riding that sandworm yeah thing. That sandworm and then, <laughs> eats beetlejuice <laughs> yeah and then it just takes beetlejuice down into the floor <laughs> and then he is gone I don't know. It is so, this ending is so out there i was trying to describe yeah. this and i'm not even sure if i described it well enough <laughs> But because it it's so much going on at one time, like how the hell did she get on a sandworm and ride it? You never see that. I don't you never know. see any of this. But you just like you just either go with it or you don't. Basically, <laughs> that's really what this boils down to. Well, they didn't have much longer in the movie, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're running out of time. So, but Beetlejuice is gone, and it's over. And you know the I guess the officiator of the wedding he kind of disappears back into the void where he came from. And, you know, Lydia's okay, and the Dietz family's okay, and it seems like the Maitland and the Dietz family look at each other, they kind of come to an understanding. Well, this is the first time they've been in the room where... They see each they other. They see each other. Yeah, and there's yeah. not, you know, and the Maitlands aren't, you know, disintegrating right there in front of them, basically, with old age. And then we cut to, I guess, next day, and Lydia is, I guess, leaving school. I don't know if it's the next day, but it's some Or some point. some point down the road, yeah. yeah. Uh, Shows her leaving school. Yeah. She's getting on a bike. She's wearing a uniform, so I guess she goes to, like, private school or something. I, I would guess. I don't know. A little small town like that. Yeah. I don't know if they'd have a private school or not, but who knows. She seems to be a little more content, a little yeah. bit more happy than what she was. She smiles at you know girls around her and then we cut to uh, Lydia she's back at home she comes in and she gives Adam's Adam these paints that she want that he wanted I guess he's doing a new model uh, part of the a, a new thing in his model or and something she like that got him his paint and then she also took pictures of the new town hall for him so yeah. that shows the dad didn't buy the town out they no, actually no. built a new town hall yeah yeah so they're actually adding to the town instead of like mm, changing so the i town. guess he needs to add that little yeah mod- that, part yeah. of his model yeah you know, and Barb wants to know how she did in her, her math test. Yeah, her, her classes. And she said, well, she got a C in her science because oh, she didn't want to dissect the frog. Right. And then she kind of plays coy about the math test. And she's like, oh. And they're like, oh, we studied for uh, for days on that. And she's like, well, I got it now. You don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. They acted like they're her parents. Well, yeah. Well, I think technically they are kind of co-parents i guess i guess you could say she seems like she came straight to them yeah then lydia said something like so can i and you don't know what that means at first and adam's like well i don't know it's a c on the science test that's not good (laughs) and then barb's like adam you never even got an a in science yourself and i was like don't be talking that he makes a rocking chair start rocking yeah, and the music says, starts. And Adam says, okay, you can. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the rocking chair starts. You know, there's like music playing. And this is um, 
Oh God, I had the name of this written down. Jumpin' Jumpin' Line song. Yeah, it's called the song's called Jumpin' Line, mm-hmm. and it's like this kind of catchy kind of dance yeah. song. Shows Charles in his office reading the Handbook for the Living and the Dead. Yeah, so I guess that's a book to learn how to commingle yeah. together. Yeah, and Charles hears the music and he says, "Oh well, I guess Lydia got A in her on the math <laughs> test." You know, yeah. I guess. Well, like I said, I think they're all kind of in on it, but they she probably just ran into. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barb and uh, Adam first, and then Delia kind of comes up behind Charles with a sculpture of the Beetlejuice kind of snake. Snakehead and scares the crap out of Charles. Yeah, and I guess apparently she's found her sculpting thing of like sculpting monsters or something yeah. now. So you know, instead of these abstract monstrosities, she's just <laughs> doing monsters now. And then you see Lydia kind of levitating into the air, just kind of dancing to this music. Mm-hmm. Then we kind of move back to the waiting room and the afterlife here. <laughs> Beetlejuice is there. Beetlejuice is in there, and he's rubbing the other half of this woman's body, her leg. Or, <laughs> he's filling you know, her up. Yeah. And she hits him. Yeah, and she hits him and just sends him off. And then he goes over to the shrunken head guy and just starts to kind of just talk to him and everything. He's like and women. Guy. Yeah, and then the shrunken head guy just looks at him like, oh, you know, just leave me alone. <laughs> Because there's a shrunken head guy and there's a witch doctor. He was like a voodoo warrior or yeah, something. Yeah, I know. He's like, I don't know. He kind of looked like what you call kind of an old witch yeah. or not. And then he's just like looking around. You know, he looks at his number. Yeah, he's got it, this long, like in the millions. Yeah, millions on a number of a, like a waiting. And it says now seating Three. Yeah, or four or something. No, it says three, but the guy next to him has four. Yeah, but then Beetlejuice looks at his and it's like in the thousands (laughs) somewhere or in the millions of Beetlejuice. Oh. (laughs) And then he looks over to the guy like I said and the guy's got a four. And he's looking at his like, hmm. He's next. (laughs) Yeah, so Beetlejuice like telling the guy, say, hey, you know, what about this? You know, just kind of say something. Hey, look over there. And then (laughs) he like switches, switches the numbers with him. Bill just like leans back like, oh, I guess I'm, I'm next. next. <laughs> you know, I guess I got, you know, I got some appointments I got to take care of. And then the witch doctor just looks over at him and just sprinkles some powder on mm-hmm. Beetlejuice's head. <laughs> shrinks his head. And then he shrinks his head. Beetlejuice like, what's happening here? And then just gets his little squeaky voice, <laughs> which I really liked that scene. Mm-hmm. And that scene was I like, added after they shot the movie. That wasn't originally. Oh, really? Movie. Yeah, they just, I think everybody just wanted one more little scene with Beetlejuice in it. And that was. <laughs> he says, this might be a good look for me. <laughs> yeah, this might be a good look for me. A little tiny head on a big body. And then we cut to Lydia still dancing up in the air, you know, with the music, you know, kind of kicking around. Mm-hmm. And I always like this. For no apparent reason, the football team appears on the steps in their ghostly form. Just yep, dancing behind her. For no reason. reason. You don't know why. I always just found that funny when I watched it. That's one of the, one of the things that just made me start laughing every time I saw it because there was no reason they should be she there. She never met them. Yeah, she never met them. She never seen them. They were just yeah. in a little brief scene, but they're just over there just jigging up on, on the uh, <laughs> stairs with her. And then we uh, fade out, and that mm-hmm. is the end. Yep. That's uh, the end of Beetlejuice until we get a sequel, which yeah. maybe we will, maybe we won't. I'm not sure. <laughs> But I guess, if anything, do you want to jump into any trivia that you have? I'm just going to read a few. Yeah, go right ahead. i got a number of little things here. This is Michael Keaton's favorite film yeah. of his own. Yeah, I was going to bring that up myself. And the studio originally wanted to call the film House Ghost. As a joke, Tim Burton suggested the name, the name Scared Sheetless, 
I'm horrified when the studio actually considered using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember reading that. Michael Keaton ad-libbed 90% of his lines. Yeah, I heard they just kind of turned the camera on him and let him go. The film was the first DVD sent out by Netflix in 1998. Oh, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. I didn't know that at all. Catherine O'Hara met her future husband, production designer Bo Welch while making this film. According to Welch, Tim Burton said he should ask her out near the end of the filming. It didn't even occur to me that I was even supposed to talk to actors. But since Tim told me to, I did, and then we dated and were married, and here we are today. Yeah, well, well. <laughs> Catherine O'Hara, is that? This Delia. Delia, that's yeah, what I yeah. thought. When Glenn Shaddock's Otho died in September 2010, the last song performed at his memorial service was Deo. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, which was used in the dinner party scene. That's cute. Yeah. All the people in the waiting room and in the office are in the same condi- condition as when they died. And the way they died is shown clearly. However, the Maitlands who drowned are not wet. Tim Burton felt that keeping the actors wet all the time would be too uncomfortable. Well, yeah, I, I can get see that. that. Yeah, I can see that because, yeah... Because you would have to literally, before every shot, just pour water all over them and just go from there. The visual effects budget was $1 million, a major factor in Tim Burton deciding to make the effects look as tacky and B-movie as possible. Yeah, I have that down here because he was only literally given... I mean, that was a low budget for special effects for his yeah. kind of movie, so... Yeah, I mean, that's why a lot of it's like stop motion and everything. So, I mean, to me, it works. Let me find one more to do. The movie Box Office Success created plans for a sequel, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. Yeah. A script was commissioned, and Michael Keaton and one owner writer both signed on to reprise their respective roles. Tim Burton lost interest in the project and went on to direct Batman and Batman Returns. As late as... 2015 Warner Brothers was still trying to get the original sequel concept into production, which I think they are now. Well, I don't know. I keep, but it kind of died out. I hadn't heard anything else. I, that's the thing about a Beetlejuice sequel. It seemed like every few years I'll hear about like, oh, we're going to be making it, and we're going to be making it. It's going, we're going to be making it soon, and then it never happens. It just dies out. They've been talking about that since at least 1990 about doing one, and it hasn't happened yet. And we're what? How long ago has that been? Like 20, 30 years? Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it's just like, I almost don't think they should at this point. Because I'm just like, it's been so long. I mean, I just don't know. Okay, last one. The idea for the movie came after Poltergeist was a hit movie. But the idea of Bad Ghost was flipped. The people who moved into the house would be the awful ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of do see that. I, I, yeah. I didn't ever think about that, but I could see that. Okay, that's all I'm doing. That's all you got. Okay. You read a couple of mine, but oh, I'm going to go ahead. No, that's all right. I, I got plenty uh, I can kind of go with here. Uh, the budget of the film was, of course, $15 million, and $1 million of that went to the special effects, like you said. The final take home from the theaters was $75 million, so it turned in a nice little profit, particularly for back in 1988. That's a nice little tidy sum. It, the movie won an Academy Award for Best Makeup. I guess Best Makeup Effects and stuff like that, which I can see that too when you look at you yeah. know all the, mm-hmm. the makeup job, you know, like uh, Juno and her throat cut thing. Mm-hmm. And, 
Let's see here. The exteriors of the movie were shot in a little town East Corneth in Vermont. And the interiors of the film, I guess like the interiors inside the house and everything were shot on a studio set in California. Oh, wow. So they basically, I guess they just did all the outside stuff. They went to Vermont, shot all that stuff. Yeah. Then after that, okay, let's go to the you know, I guess it does make sense because of all the special effects stuff, you would have to do it in a studio setting so you could control everything a little yeah. bit more. So that does make sense. Let's see here. Alyssa Milano was the runner-up for Lydia. Yeah, it was between her and Winona Ryder. I think Winona Ryder's a better fit. I, I mean, I can kind of see that too. I think Tim Burton said that he kind of went toward Winona Ryder after he'd seen her in this movie, that movie Lucas. And I think that was kind of what the censure was because he kind of felt like maybe she would mm-hmm. be the better fit. I, I mean, I think Alyssa Milano would have did fine too at that time. This was around the time she was in Who's the Boss? Was that, wasn't that still on the air around mm-hmm. that time? So I yeah. think she would have kind of fit too, but I think Winona Ryder She was more of the wholesome that girl next door though. Yeah, well, that's true. But, you know, maybe that would have been a chance for her to did something a little off the beaten path yeah. from what she normally did. The one of the original choices for the role of Beetlejuice was Sammy Davis Jr. What? Yeah. That was uh, one of them. That's weird. Yeah, because from what I remember reading, Michael Keaton wasn't even in talks of it at wow. the time. Because I'm going to go into some of the stuff. The original scripts for Beetlejuice was a much darker film and not really comedic at all. Wow. You know, when it did become comedic, I think Sammy Davis Jr. was one of them I talked about. But the original was almost like this, Beetlejuice was almost like this little Hinduish looking guy who was like a demon with wings. And like I was telling you about, the Maitland's car crash was more a graphic in that her arm gets crushed in the crash and through the rest of the movie, her arm is just like hanging like Ooh. it's been, yeah. Like I said, Beetlejuice was just more murderous in this one. It was like it was, it was like a more darker kind of horror movie. But then once Burton came on, the script kept getting rewritten because nobody liked. I think everybody liked the idea of the movie, but they didn't like that original script. So Burton brought in some people that he knew, and they kind of worked on it and uh-huh. got it to where it was. Pretty much everybody turned down this film originally like Catherine O'Hare turned it down Michael Keaton turned it down wow the only one that signed up for it right away was Gina Davis she signed up for it pretty quick because Mm -hmm. I think she kind of seen it for what it was from what I remember hearing and I think as everybody you know I think Burton kept saying it but no read this and really kind of just think about it you know I think everybody said the script was just too weird they couldn't wrap their brain around Mm -hmm. I think that's what everybody said they said the script was just too weird they couldn't they couldn't visualize it in their head and I think it's just like read it and just think about each scene piece by piece and just Mm -hmm. think about what it is and I think that was when people started to sign on uh Michael Keaton signed on for it and like you were saying, he was allowed to pretty much just go and, yeah, and let him do what he wanted. You know, they kind of gave him an idea and he kind of came up with uh, some of the aspects of Beetlejuice himself. I think I read somewhere, too, that his screen time in Beetlejuice is only around 10 minutes. 
Because he's not in much. Yeah, roughly 10 to 15 minutes. So he's not in the movie a lot, which does surprise me when yeah. I think about it. Every time I watch it, it it doesn't dawn on me that he doesn't really pop up that much in the movie. Because the, really, the problem wasn't really him. No, It no. was the Deets. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, it more focused on the family stuff yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. And the Maitland's the trying, trying to get, yeah. you know, the Deets family out of the house. I guess it's like you was talking about the sequel, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, has kind of been in and out. I think uh, Kevin Smith, they tried to talk him into writing it, the guy that did Clerks mm-hmm. and all that. They actually asked him, and he wasn't even interested in doing Beetlejuice Goes oh, to wow. Hawaii. And he was like, you know, this, do we need to go tropical with this? You know, Serious. he just wasn't interested in doing it. I think it's just passed through so many hands. And it's like you were saying, they keep bringing this up like they're mm-hmm. going to do it. And you'll hear about it once every few years, like, oh, it's getting done, mm-hmm. it's getting done. And then it just kind of. You just fade, fades away yeah. and it's gone. Because like I said I've been hearing about a Beetlejuice sequel since at least 1990. I was in <laughs> I was in high school when I started hearing about this, and now I'm hell and gone for fucking high school, <laughs> and it still hasn't happened. But like I said, I think that's going to be pretty much it for my trivia. It's like I said, I mean, it just I, it was kind of interesting digging into this movie because I wasn't aware of that original script where it was just a little bit more of a edgier mm-hmm. movie than what it was. Yeah. Because, I don't know, it's just, it's so weird to hear how these stories evolve from what they originally are to what you end Mm -hmm. up seeing. But I did find that pretty fascinating. But I guess, uh, if anything, I guess what we're going to do here is uh, we'll let you jump in and give you your final thoughts on this Mm -hmm. movie. And and then we'll go for the rating. Yeah, um, when we originally made our list... When we first started the podcast, this mm-hmm. one was always on my list. We yeah. just, I just kept putting it further down to do other things. Um, this year ended up being more goth horror for me yeah. than previous years. So it just fit this year for me to do this one. You know, it's it's one of my favorites from my childhood. I just, you can watch it anytime. It's just enjoyable. It's it's good. I I like the story. I like the characters. I liked all the actors. I think Michael Keaton is just so funny in this movie. I don't know that I would say this is my favorite character that he's done, but mm-hmm. I'd say it's right up there. Yeah. It's right up there. I think one of the favorite movies that he's done, and I can't even remember what it was. this movie was called. He was him and a bunch of people from a, a mental institution escape. Dream Team. Dream Team. That is probably my favorite movie that he ever did. Ooh, that would be hard for me to pick my favorite. I want to say it might be one of the first things he ever did as far as a movie. Like night, It's called Night Shift. It's him, Henry Winkler, and Shelley Long. Yeah, I got the movie on Blu-ray in there, and it's like it's like a comedy. And that was like, I think that was the first time I ever seen mm-hmm. him in anything. I like Mr. Mom. Also, I watched that all the time mm-hmm. when uh, when I was that was on HBO all the and time. I, I love. I will that always love working stiffs. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so that, funny. Yeah, like I said before, you introduced me to that. Mm-hmm. I think, and I I'd, I'd heard of it, but I think I'd never seen it. And yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I was so amazed that I was actually introducing something to you. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you're I, always introducing to me. Uh, yeah, well, it's like I said, I think I'd heard of it, but I'd mm-hmm. never seen it at the time. So I thought that one was very good. 
Michael Keaton's been in a lot of good movies. I mean, like I said, I don't know if I'd say Beetlejuice is my favorite, but it would definitely be up there as far He's as characters. He's different in it. Yeah, as far as characters, it's very interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, I I enjoyed doing the podcast on this. Anything else on this? No, uh, I mean, you got nothing else to say? I think it's just one of those easy kind of flowing movies that it's not too serious, not too deep. Yeah. I mean, you can stab at some deepness in it, but I'm not going to. Oh, okay. I just, you know, you could stab, that's kind of sad that they're stuck. What was the purpose of being there? You know, why didn't they go on? Maybe they were supposed to be there for Lydia. That could be. Yeah, I mean, I never really thought about that. Like, why were they Why stuck? did they not go on to heaven? Yeah. Or or maybe it wasn't their time to go yet. Maybe so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, that's never explained <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I've thought about that a few times myself, but I just thought, yeah, that's questions. <laughs> the movie don't want to a- answer those, and I ain't going to answer them. Because they myself. couldn't have done half of the movie if they weren't dead. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Because everything's surrounded around death in this. Yeah. Dead characters. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, a lot. Of, yeah, a number of characters in this movie are dead. Yeah, yeah I didn't think about that either. Yeah, yeah. it's enjoyable. Yeah, so, um, okay. Was that all you got on yeah. this? Mm-hmm. All right. Um let me think here. Let's see. Beetlejuice lured that fly with a Zagnut bar. So I'm going to go with a Zagnut. I'll say one to ten Zagnut. Was that a real candy bar? Yeah, that's a real candy so bar. So I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't even know if they still make them, but I remember I having them when I was a what kid. What was it? What kind of bar was it? Like chocolate? And... Yeah. Oh, all candy bars are chocolate. Well, <laughs> not all. Well, so they even they messed a payday up recently and put chocolate on it. Yeah. Well, by, now it's a baby root. Well, let me put it to you like this: every bar of candy I've had has been chocolate. <laughs> let me put it that way. I, I don't, I don't venture out into other things, you know. But yeah, uh, I guess we'll we can go with one to ten zagnuts on this. Okay. One being the worst, ten being the best. Where do you go with this? Eight. An eight. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. Mm, <laughs> I'm gonna start out. By saying, I like the movie Beetlejuice, but I've never been a huge fan of it. I didn't say much at the beginning of the podcast because I was going to save it for here. Mm-hmm. I went to see this movie at the time in the theater. And I, really outside of the production design, like the look of the movie, you know, uh, particularly like the afterlife stuff and things like that. And the character of Beetlejuice himself. I wasn't really a huge fan of this movie wow. at the time. I don't know. There was just something about this movie that didn't connect with me, I guess. You know, I guess everybody has those times where they'll watch a movie. And this was a very popular movie when it came out. Everybody was connected with it, but I didn't. And I remember a similar thing happened to... You remember that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie Mm -hmm. that came out? Mm -hmm. That was like a big hit. Everybody loved loved it. it. And I went to the movies and it flew right over my head. I didn't get it. I liked the comic book, but I didn't like the movie. But anyway, Beetlejuice was one. I watched it at that time in theater. I was like, yeah, it's okay. You know, I just wasn't over the moon about it. I mm-hmm. thought, yeah, it's fine. And, you know, then I watched it time to time over the years. And I'm like, okay, yeah, still, still what it is. <laughs> but I will say this about the movie. As time has gone on, I've grown a lot more fonder of it. I still feel, you know, the production design is still good. Of course, Michael Keaton is great in it. I think my big problem with the movie is like some of the characters I could never really connect with them. 
Because I remember we was talking about how Alec Baldwin felt like his performance mm-hmm. was not good in this movie. Yeah. And I kind of agree with that because I kind of feel like his character, for example, kind of comes off as kind of flat. But maybe he mm-hmm. is it was supposed to be. Maybe he was just supposed to be an average person. Yeah, and maybe they were that's both hard to just very average. Yeah. I don't know. There's something, and I'm going to go into this. We're going to be doing a top three of Tim Burton movies here after this. And this is something that I've had a problem with a lot of Tim Burton movies. I love how they look. He's got a good visual eye on things. And he has some interesting ideas and interesting concepts. But for me, for some reason, he isn't able to gel them all together Mm. at times. And I can't really connect with it. You know, and some of his movies I've enjoyed more than others. A vast majority of his movies, I have that same problem with. It's not just this one. I'm yeah. on, and I'm gonna go into a couple of other ones when we're mm-hmm. doing our reviews, and even one of them I think you picked that I have the same thing to say about that mm-hmm. too. And I don't know. This was just a movie I did not really connect with, and I'm just kind of surprised by it because, I mean, I can't find anything wrong with it mm-hmm. for what it is. Do I you mean, think the podcast ever helps you like things better? Because you have to spend time. Started. Firestarter? Firestarter. Yeah. Because you have to spend time breaking it down and looking at it more in depth. Yeah. And Firestarter was uh, helped by the terrible remake, too. Because yeah. I remember when, like, I think we even talked about this in our Firestarter episode, which go back and listen to that. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, as I said, the Firestarter remake made me look at the original like, yeah, actually, the original is not too bad when you look at it in hindsight. <laughs> this one right here, I think. It was little things that I caught in it this time that I didn't before. Like, you know, where Beetlejuice is talking to Lydia and she says she wants to be with them. Yeah. And Beetlejuice looks at her like, why? You know, and I just, I like that little touch. And it was weird I never caught that before. Uh, and just like how he was so, like, why would you want to be dead? What, why? And, you know, it's like enjoy life. Why would you yeah. want to be dead? You know, it's just little things like that. I don't know. I think is what you were saying, and I I have noticed that on a number of movies where you sit down and kind of break it down and look at it and go scene by scene over it. Mm-hmm. You do find little things in it that yeah. maybe you didn't notice before. Yeah. So, but like I said, I mean, I have no problem with the actors in the movie. I think everybody did good. I mean, like I said, Alec Baldwin, despite him saying that, I mean, I think that was what his part was. Yeah, I think his character is exactly how they wrote it. Yeah. And I love Catherine O'Hare. I've, I've been a fan of her since oh, yeah. uh, SCTV. Yeah. You know, so, you know, Lydia, she played that role ideally. She was one of the few things I actually liked about Home Alone when I actually had to watch <laughs> that, which I'm not a fan of that movie either. You know, and uh, just like I said, everybody's good in this movie. One on writer is great in it. Unfortunately, Jeffrey Jones, who has unfortunately been canceled, you know, he's good in it too. Oh, yeah. I think he, I forgot why he was canceled now. Jeffrey Jones. Yeah. Who's he? He was the Charles. Oh, has he been canceled? By what? Some kind of child pornography thing. I don't know. But, you know, he was good in it, you know, despite the problems, you know, whatever. I I don't remember the exact details on it. I know I hadn't seen him. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like I said, I mean, everything about the film looks good. But, yeah, so I said everything in the film kind of clicks as far as, you know, production design, everything looks good. But, so I said, it's just something about Tim Burton's movies that I've never really been able to connect with. And I don't know what it is. I mean, it, maybe it's just 
the way I think in my brains. You know, I'm not saying they're bad because they, they got their fans. A lot of people mm-hmm. love his movies. But it's just, it's my problem, not anybody else's mm-hmm. problem is what it is. This is just one that, like I said, it never clicked with me back then. But as time has went on, I've kind of appreciated it more. But uh, I guess I'm going to kind of wrap up what I'm saying here and do my Zagnut rating of one being the worst, 10 being the best. Now, I'm going to say this before my rating. If I was rating this 10 years ago, maybe 10, 11, 12 years ago, this would have probably only got a five. Oh, wow. This would have probably only got a five. Now it's going to get a seven. So it's like I said, it's moved up for me a great deal because now if I was rating this back when I originally seen it when I was a kid, it would have been even lower than a five. But I don't know, as time has went on, I just appreciate a lot more about the film. Yeah. You know, I appreciate the stop motion effects more. I appreciate Mm -hmm. the, the design more. I just think... They did a good job with this movie, considering the small budget that they had. Yeah, I can imagine reading this script as an actor and being like, "What in the hell?" <laughs> trying is to this? picture it. Yeah, and trying to picture this in your head. I just love all the gothness in it. Well, yeah, it's like I said, the design of yeah. it, the whole mm-hmm. production design, where you know how the house is, you know, just this little quaint-looking, mm-hmm. strange house out yep. in the middle of this town, but then there's this kind of dark, kind of mm-hmm. afterlife goth kind of stuff mm-hmm. in times, you know, things like that. But it's like I said, I mean, uh, my rating is a seven on this. You know, ask me again about 10 years from now, it might be an eight, you know. But like I said, this is one I've kind of come back and I just appreciate more as the years have gone on. I don't really have a desire to see a sequel to this movie. I don't think it matters. I don't I don't feel like it's necessary. No. Now, if they would have did one back maybe a few years after this one came out mm-hmm. when everything was still kind of fresh and yeah. everything, <laughs> I think it would have been better to do it. But I think now it's just a little too, yeah. a little too late now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this works. Keep it a standalone. It works fine for what it is. Mm-hmm. Stories told. That's it. You know, and just... It makes more sense to be like a TV show where he bounces from helping... One dead person to another or well, something. I mean, I was going to go into the animated show, which yeah. I thought was actually pretty good. You know, I know the DVDs got about three or four episodes of the animated show no, on there, which I, go back and watch that. which I thought was not half bad. I actually enjoyed the animated show when I watched it. And to tell you the truth, I kind of look at that as a Beetlejuice sequel in yeah. a way because that's really what it is. But as I said, my rating is a seven. You know, you went an eight with this, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like I said, ask me about 10 years from now. I might get, a, I might be up to an eight too. Or but, you might not have any memories at all. Yeah. Or <laughs> no, I mean, well, I'll have memories of some things I hope. I hope I ain't going to get Alzheimer's that early. But the one thing I do remember about watching this movie at the time is I just remember I was just so like, how, what am I missing about this movie? Yeah. Why everybody likes it and I don't? It's just, it's very odd. There's just certain movies that catch on with people and sometimes they pass me by and maybe I catch up later on and I think this is one <laughs> of them. But like I said, I mean, I ain't disappointed that you picked this because I was very curious to rewatch this just to see what my thoughts on, on it would be now. It just kind of fell <laughs> in the perfect place this year for a lot of shows. Yeah. So it just kind of fit. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, it completely fits. I mean, as I said, and there's an interesting uh, difference from our Stephen King month where this Mm -hmm. is just more comedic kind of fantasy. 
Which, you know, I said, I mean, I said, I ain't disappointed you picked it because it was interesting to talk about it again. But I guess uh, with that, we're uh, wrapping up the reviews. And now we're going to go into a Tim Burton uh, top three. And I guess we're going to do this uh, like we usually do. I'll give you, let you do your third one first, and then I'll do mine, and then we'll move on down the line. And I guess, if anything, uh, what is your number three? Okay, um, I haven't seen a lot of these in so long that I don't remember a lot about them. Um, number three, Corpse Bride. I can't speak to this movie because mm-hmm. I've never seen it, I don't think. Yeah. If I've seen it, I don't remember anything about mm-hmm. it. So what do you remember about Corpse Bride that you liked about it? That it was really sad for her. I, I can't remember. It was just like she just... I can't remember if he rejected her or it was just like she always wanted to be with him and it just never worked out. I cannot remember. It's been so long since you know how my attention span's horrible when I'm watching stuff, and I don't even know if I've really truly seen all this. Really? Or I'm just remembering Valerie watching parts of it. Okay, let's well, um, say I've I've never seen. Yeah, because so I know I saw Frank and Weenie. Which I'm surprised you didn't pick that. Yeah. Well, you said I couldn't no. because it was he, no, he didn't direct that. No, he didn't direct Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, okay. Well, no. I could have done Frank and Weenie then. <laughs> yeah, no, Frank and Weenie, I, I know he directed, but no, we was going with movies that he directed. Now, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, he didn't direct because yeah. everybody assumes that he did, but uh, he was just a producer okay. on that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I said Corpse Bride, I have no... <clears throat> um, Corpse Bride has the same look that most of his little cartoon movies have. Yeah. It's almost like the stop motion kind of... Or, you know, like somebody just drew it on a page. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I've uh, seen pictures from mm-hmm. The Corpse Bride, but I know I've never seen it yeah. at all. I, I mean, I can't even remember when that came out, so it must have mm-hmm. just... 2000s, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, I know I've never seen it. I've seen Nightmare Before Christmas, but mm-hmm. I've never seen Corpse Bride, so I have no real comments on that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean... Maybe somebody can write in and tell us, uh, you know, is it good or not? Because I said, I know Sherry's having trouble remembering it. I've never seen it. Yeah. But so that's your number three. Mm -hmm. Okay. uh, My number three is a movie called Mars Attacks, which uh, that was out. I didn't write down the year. I think it was like mid nineties. This one came out. This came out around the time Independence Day came out, which okay. I cannot remember when Independence Day came out, but they were out roughly about the same year. And this is based on the the trading cards that you know showed these aliens like killing people, basically. You know, uh, anybody that's seen these cards will know what I'm talking about. This movie was played a little bit more comedic. I think I've heard a number of people say this, and I do agree with them. The movie's a one-joke movie, but it's a funny joke. And that these little aliens, they come down, and they're just like, well, you know, we come in peace, basically. And then they start killing everybody. (laughs) And there's this one scene where they're trying to kill these little kids and everything. And they're trying to push over, I think it's like push over the the Washington Monument. (laughs) Or something on them, and the kids like run out of the way of the monument where it falls on. Then the aliens take their little ship and move it back the other way to try to stomp, you know, get them like that. It's it's stuff like that. <laughs> this movie, I mean, it's a it's a fun movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but it goes back to the Beetlejuice thing. Of I love the aliens. I love the special effects. I love the idea of it and the concept of it. 
but there's just aspects of this movie I cannot connect mm. with. Jack Nicholson plays a dual role of two different people. He's like the president and some other kind of, I won't say some kind of salesman, like a car, no, it's cowboy kind of salesman kind of thing. And I don't, I can't wrap my brain around that either. It's just, I don't know. It's a very strange movie. I wish that they would have leaned a little bit more into the dark kind of comedy horror mm-hmm. with this one. But despite that, it's still a movie I enjoy. I mean, I got it on DVD in there. I've watched it a few times over the years. And it's a fun movie to watch. But it's like I said, it just falls into that Beetlejuice category of a movie that I just can't really connect with. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's fun. You know, I don't mean, you said you've never seen it, right? No. No. Um, Is it animated? No. Okay. No, it's uh, the aliens are animated. Oh, okay. But, you know, everybody else is just live action. I think, I'm trying to remember who else is in the movie. Was it Elijah Wood in that movie? I always think it's him in it, and I could be wrong. It's been about four or five years since I watched it. But, like I said, I mean, it's it's a fun movie to watch. You know, and a lot of people love it. And like I said, I mean, it's probably one of my favorite Tim Burton movies. But, you know, it's like I said, it falls in that once again thing of like a film I have a hard time connecting with. Like I said, I guess, and I'm going to throw that out as my number three recommendation for Tim Burton, and that's Mars Attacks. So what would you uh, give us your number two? Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, now that's one that I was, I guess I was going to have at my top three, but I'll throw that in as my, if I had to do an honorable mention, yeah. that would be there in mine. So, uh, I mean, it, it used basically the same story, like Ichabod Crane and all that. I mean, there's some differences to it, but it follows that story, yeah. mostly. Yeah, I mean, each version of Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. Legend Sleepy Hollow, I've seen the stories kind of told in a little different way in yeah. some capacity from the original. I have to admit, I love the movie because it's like Tim Burton made a Hammer film yep. in America. Because mm-hmm. even Christopher Lee appears at the start of it as kind of like a judge of yeah. some kind or something yeah. like that. The look of the movie, I love it. So goth, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very kind of old school gothic horror mm-hmm. kind of movie. Like I yeah. said, like the old Hammer films. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can understand that. I mean, why you why that one would be one you would pick. How long has it been since you watched that movie? Has it been a while? Oh, yeah. Probably been at least five years for me. It's myself, I think, I, might, I think I probably should do for a rewatch oh, on that. first and, came out and that was... Oh, God, it's been a while. But... Yeah, I mean, I love the movie too, but it kind of falls into that category once again. You know, mm-hmm. I love the look of it. I love aspects of it, but I assume, something you don't totally connect with. Yeah, it's like I said, it's just weird as far as Burton's movies, and they're yeah. like that. And that's the same way with this one because I kind of feel like the movie starts out strong, but as it keeps going, it kind of just yeah. fizzles out. I love everything with Johnny Depp. So well, yeah, yeah, and he's good in the movie as as he is in pretty much everything he's been in. And uh, Christina Ricci, she's really good in it, yeah. too. And I think, yeah, if I remember correctly, previous guest on the podcast, Christopher Walken, is the Headless Horseman. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's like I said, I mean, it's a movie I enjoy. I'm actually due for a revisit on it because it has been a while since I watched it. And I just, I, that's one thing that always sticks out to me about the movie is how I love how it looked. Once again, you know, great look, yeah. good actors, good everything, but just something about just 
doesn't grab me. I just, I'm a fan of that story. Yeah, oh, I, I am too. I love the Sleepy Hollies, Hollies, Hollow, Hollow oh, story. Sorry. Yeah. I even love that show. I was so mad when they canceled it. Oh, yeah. It just hung on and hung on. There were so many times that they almost canceled it and it hung on for a season and two more. Yeah. But then it didn't make it. My favorite Sleepy Hollow thing is the Disney. Yeah. It's one so good. That they did. I, yeah. I, I've watched that. Mm-hmm. at least once a year particularly during the month of uh october and i yeah. love that that's like my favorite sleepy holler mm-hmm. thing yeah but so that's your number two mm-hmm. uh my number two i'm gonna cheat here a little bit my number two is batman and batman returns you're doing them both yeah that's why I'm going to cheat because they're both well, Burton Batman. movies. Yeah, yeah. It's Batman. It's Batman related. So, <clears throat> And this is the only two Batman movies that Burton directed. He didn't direct any of the other ones. These are, like I said, I'll never be able to tell people what it was like when that original Batman came out in 1989. I've never seen anything like it before, and I haven't seen anything like it since. Where... Six months, at least, before this movie came out, everybody had Batman t-shirt, hats. You've seen Batman billboards around mm-hmm. everywhere. Like, this this was going to be the biggest movie ever made in your entire life. After <laughs> you watch this movie, don't even bother watching any more movies because <laughs> this is it for you. When it came out, you know, of course, it was a big smash hit mm-hmm. and everything. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. But once again... I love the Joker parts. I love the look of the movie. I love the production design of this movie. I think it's got Anton first designed the whole movie. Gotham looks like just this gothic town. Batman, I couldn't connect with Bruce Wayne because you hardly even... You know, like how the Christopher Nolan movies, you got to know Bruce Wayne Mm -hmm. and Batman and why he did everything like he did. In this movie... Batman is almost like a secondary character in the movie by Burton's choice, mind you. And I just never could connect totally with these two movies. I think they're good. I enjoy them for what they are. But Mm -hmm. once again, it's just like they look great. They have good pieces to them. They have good ideas to them. Like Batman Returns, I thought Catwoman was great in it. Michelle Mm -hmm. Pfeiffer and Danny DeVito is the Penguin. Mm Mm-hmm. And I loved how it took place at Christmas. You know, it was like mm-hmm. Gotham in the snow and everything. Yeah. It's a gothic city in the snow. I mean, I loved all that. Once again, uh, Christopher Walken in Batman Returns, too. Back to Walken. But I don't know. It's just, like I said, the connection. The it's, first one was Michael Keaton? Yeah. Michael Keaton was Batman in yeah. both of them. Yeah. You didn't connect with him? Not in that movie. Yeah, because it's like I said, if you watch them movies, watch both of them. The villains are more developed than Michael Keaton and Batman are. Mm, I see that. Yeah, it's like... It's almost like a Joker movie. Yeah, that's what everybody (laughs) said. They said the movie should be called Joker and not Batman. But you know what? Until I saw Dark Knight with you, this was Batman to me. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah. I never saw any others. And don't get me wrong. Michael Keaton, I thought, was great as Mm -hmm. Batman. It just wasn't enough of Batman. Yeah, it just wasn't a Batman movie to me. Because yeah. when I watch a movie called Batman, I want to know about Batman. Yeah. Like how he became Batman. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, like I said, you know, build his character up. But Batman was almost like a secondary character in mm-hmm. his own movies. In both of them. Because Batman Returns, 
the more the focus was on the penguin and mm-hmm. Catwoman yeah. and not really Batman himself. And I don't know. It's just like I said, I enjoy both of these movies. You know, like I said, I'm a big Batman fan, as anybody who knows me will know that. <laughs> but it's like I said, they look great. They're they're fun to watch, but just not a full, I can't fully connect with them. Wow. But, you know, like I said, that being said, though, I still think they're worth watching. You know, like I said, and I said, I'll never be able to tell people what that phenomenon of Batman was like in 89, unless you lived it, unless you was there. It was just, it was, it was a sight. It yeah. was a sight to behold. And I'll probably never see anything like that again. But like I said, I'm on the throw that, like I said, I kind of cheated doing Batman and Batman Returns both, but I kind of felt like they kind of fit together as a one piece right there. But like I said, that's uh, my number two there, and that's Batman and Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're going to jump. let you jump into your number one. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. I haven't watched that in a long time. Me either. Time. It's another Johnny Depp movie. Yeah. And I think it was, uh, wasn't was Tim Burton's... Were they married? Helen... Helena Bonham Carter. Carter. I, uh, I think they were like together but they weren't married no i I can't answer that i don't really know yeah she's so gothic too yeah yeah they're like the perfect fit yeah um she was in this movie yeah oh god it's been a while since i watched it the ending was really shocking yeah yeah it was um i really like this movie a lot but it's been a Mm -hmm. long time since i watched it your typical tim burton very gothic kind of um a certain time period yeah. Kind of like Sleepy Hollow, kind of. Yeah, because I, I remember I wanted to go see, there was a play mm-hmm. uh, version of it at the Peace Center. Yeah. I wanted to go see one time, and for some reason I wasn't able to go. But I do remember I liked this movie mm-hmm. a lot. I love anything with Johnny Depp. Yeah, he was very good in it. I, and once again, as a movie, production design was good. Uh, I mean, I just, I have to admit, I haven't watched it in so long. It's hard for me to really comment on the movie because I yeah. haven't seen, I, God, I probably, last time I seen that was probably shortly after it came wow. out. And I just remember the end it. was like, my jaw fell. Yeah, the, the ending, I don't want to yeah. give away the yeah, ending in case, in case you, yeah, you haven't seen it, but yeah, the, yeah the ending is very, yeah, <laughs> I guess shocking is the best word mm-hmm. for that. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can't fault you on that. I mean, like I said, I, I don't remember everything about the movie, I but either. I do remember I enjoyed it very yeah. much, but it's been so long. I guess I probably need to take a look at that one again, too. For sure, because I mean, when you brought that up as being on one on your list, I was like, "Oh yeah, I yeah. haven't watched that in like forever." But yeah, uh, but yeah, like I said, I mean, definitely check that one out. Like I said, just because my memory's fuzzy on it, I can tell you this: if you like Tim Burton's movies and you haven't seen it, that one's definitely one worth looking at. But okay, so that's uh the your number one, Sweeney mm-hmm. Todd. Okay, my number one is going to go against the grain. Of Ed Wood, uh, it's called Ed Wood, and the reason this one goes against our grain is because this is a Tim Burton movie I actually connected with. And a little back history on when I went seeing this, I went to see this in theaters opening weekend. It was me and another couple in the theater, and that's it. This oh, wow. movie did not do well in the theaters at all. Was it like a silent film or no, something? Black and white. Black and white. Okay. And me and this guy was laughing at this movie so much uh, at the time. And it was just me and him in the theater. Me and, I mean, there was just certain lines in this that we were just laughing hysterically at. 
This movie is based on the director Ed Wood, who made what some people call the worst movie ever made, Plan 9 from Outer Space. It's, it's kind of a loose biography of his life and about how he made his films with this ramshackle group of people like Bella Lugosi <laughs> and Vampira and stuff like that. I don't know. I can't go on about how much I love this movie. I watch this movie probably at least twice a year. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, it's uh, John, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Yeah. yeah um, he did a lot with Tim Burton, didn't he? Yeah. Ed, Ed Wood was like a transvestite. Oh, wow. You know, and everything. You know, and Depp has no problem walking out there and directing a movie. Nope. when it, He's like directing a movie. At one point, he walks out in women's clothes. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. All I can say about this movie is Ed Wood's life ended very tragically. Wow. as an alcoholic and all this kind of stuff because he couldn't get movies made. But this is a movie, it's just almost like if you want to watch a movie about this little underdog group of people who are trying to get stuff done and everything and they're just going through every obstacle they can to get it done. This is one of the movies you watch. It's kind of like a feel-good movie. Mm-hmm. I just can't go on enough about how much I love this movie and it's just... It's one that just kind of skipped right up under the radar for people and it didn't get seen at the time. But of course, now it's a little bit more acclaimed and critically acclaimed. Uh, I think uh, Martin Landau played Bella Lugosi in the movie and he's spot on. He's almost like, you know, you look at an older Bella Lugosi and you look at him and you're like, oh my God, they're so (laughs) similar. And I think he won the Academy Award that year, if my memory is correct, for that part. But as I said, I can't recommend Ed Wood enough. If you're interested in the life of the man who made, arguably, like I said, the worst movie ever made. I don't (laughs) think Plan 9 is the worst movie ever made. I've seen much worse than Plan 9. That's what people say is the worst. That's what they say is the worst. I've got Plan 9 on Blu-ray in there, and I watch it myself, but I don't think it's the worst movie ever made. Trust me, I've seen worse than Plan 9. The Room. The Room is worse than Plan 9. Um... (laughs) I've seen many films worse than that. But like I said, this one comes with a high recommendation. To me, it's everybody's great in it. Patricia Arquette's in it. Bill Murray's in it. It's just, you know, the black and white photography in it is just beautiful. I, mean, I remember it when good. it came out, like yeah. there were so many actors in it that it was like a big thing. Yeah, yeah. So but so many different but actors. The movie did nothing didn't in the theaters. It. it just crashed yeah. and burned in the theater. It's like I said, this to me is, for me, Tim Burton's best movie, hands down. Now, there's another one he did called Big Fish that I say would be a runner-up for that, maybe, too. But I haven't watched Big Fish in so long, I didn't add that to my list because I didn't have a lot of memories of it. But I remember I liked it as well. But I'm on, like I said, I'm going to throw out a high recommendation for Ed Wood. If you haven't seen Ed Wood, pick it up. I mean, it's on Blu-ray. I think I've seen the Blu-ray on sale times for about seven bucks. So definitely pick it up and have a look because I don't think you'll be disappointed in it if you if you yeah. do have it, finally get to it. But with that, I guess we're going to start to wrap up the episode yeah. and um, I guess give out our details here. What is it here? I guess we'll do the email. And the email is at themovieclinic at gmail.com. And that's T H A, not T H E, 
go by the Facebook page. Uh, I try to post articles, film-related articles, uh, some behind-the-scenes photos and things like that from movies. And if you got any questions or comments, you can leave them there. Website is themovieclinic.com. Yeah, and you can get the episodes there. And, or you can get them there or at any podcast place that you download from, like Podbay or... Anchor. Anchor, wherever you uh, get your podcast from. I think we're on pretty much about all of them now. And mm-hmm. like I've said before, if there's an app that you use and we're not on there, let us know and we'll try to get the podcast up on there. I guess uh, now I'm, uh, I'm going to announce what the next movie is because this is one I've been very curious to get Sherry to watch for a long time. <laughs> and this has been a long time coming. Because anytime I put this movie on, she has not really been interested in looking at it. Because it's like, she'll see the first little part of it, and then she don't want anything to do with it. So now she's <laughs> stuck. She's going to watch it now. <laughs> and this is a movie called Nightbreed from 1990. Mm-hmm. This is a Clive Barker's second film he directed out of the three films he's directed to date, which I don't see him direct anymore. But, like I said, this is his follow-up to Hellraiser, which is a completely different movie than this. And Sherry, anytime I would put this on, she was like, she would see the monsters at the start of it, and she was having none of it. So, I'm very curious to finally sit her down to watch this, just to see what she thinks about it. Got so, to now. Yeah, yeah, you're stuck now, because I've already announced and it. And I even got to do notes. Yeah, you got to do notes on this one, too. So, you'll, you'll survive, I'm sure. <laughs> But like I said, that's uh, what we're going to be doing next month, and that'll be Nightbreed. So uh, until next time, uh, I'm David. I'm Sherry. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.